This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, <laughs> it's me, Jazz William Cartwright, and I, oh man, and I am joined today by, hi, I'm Liv Kennedy, uh, wait, no, wait, hi, I'm Olivia Kennedy, but everybody calls me Liv, <laughs> you, you should have said that everyone calls me Olivia, that oh. so I should have, that would have been the obvious route to go it. down, yeah. um, <laughs> but that was a more Liv route to go down, and we're thankful yeah. for it. Oh, thank you so much. Wow. And... <laughs> Hello, I'm Jeremy. Co- <laughs> Jeremy, stop it well now. Oh, God. <laughs> Hello, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Cobb, but Sev219 calls me Two Bees Cobb, like the insect. Two Bees. Oh, oh. cute. I, Not I like a pencil. Two bees. Uh, it's mm. like uh, Two Bees. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, a vitally important part of the uh, environmental ecosystem. So thank you for existing two bees, Cobb. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm thank bringing you services. two bees, not just the one bee, two. Exactly. And I mean, now they can repopulate. Exactly. Yeah. Which is very necessary. And speaking of nature, guys, do you know oh, one class oh, that oh, deals oh, very, oh, very much? Good, thank you. Right off the bat. That was <laughs> right, off the bat. That, right off the bat. Right off the bat. We're yeah. there. We're there. Um, yeah. One class that deals quite heavily in nature and uh, and sometimes the restorative nature of it is druids. Barbarian. No, yes, druids. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> T- t- uh, what, uh, 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 what are they called? The path of the animal? The path of the animal. Path of the animal. Path of the animal. That's the one. The totem one. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. Full prince vibe? Woof! This makes them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. Lands in the castle. into something real big now. We are here to talk today about druids. That is right, all things druidic. Uh, We are going to be doing a class deep dive uh, on uh, the druids, which I'm very excited for because I think druids are... I'm going to give you my top line thoughts straight away. I'm just going to go for it and then I'll throw to you guys, do your top line thoughts. I think druids can be quite versatile. I think they're quite fun multi-classes. Um... I think you can mix them with some of the martial classes particularly, and they work kind of well, especially that barbarian druid mix is spicy AF. Um, and uh, not only that, I think, this is my, uh, this is like a bit of a hot take, but I think they kind of have a lot of abilities that rangers should have, and I feel like there should be some sort of merging of the two, because there's some things in here I'm like, ah, rangers should be able to do that, and vice versa. So uh, mm. I'm excited to dig into uh, the druids. Uh, but, guys, top-line thoughts. Have you played a druid? Did you enjoy it? 
What is your general opinion of the druids? Sure, mine is pretty short and sweet. I uh, haven't played a druid properly yet, I, which is like mm. wild to me. But, you know, maybe it's something I'm looking into in the future. No spoilers. Mm, could imagine I can't imagine, imagine it. That. I personally can't imagine it. I think that would cool. not be a thing that would happen. Well, if, if such a if such a if an event were to happen, I would highly recommend everyone tune in and listen to it when Absolutely. it is released. Well, they'd have uh, to. Everyone in the world would have to hear this primo event of Live Play yes. the Druid for the first time. Exactly. Uh, 100%. Uh, you should That's all check it out. Uh, whatever if. really cool setting it's based but it's, in. It's, you yeah, know, yeah. but it's still a big if, right, guys? It's still a huge... Yeah. We, yeah. There's Nothing's no confirmation that this is going to happen at all no. in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but if it does happen, you should absolutely listen to it later this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, uh, that's assuming if it comes out this later. This year, yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed it would have to come years. out later after this. It can't yes. come out now. Yes, true. Um, because we... Anyway... <laughs> What's your time? Yeah, 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 the first character I ever played actually was a druid. His name was Greeble Longpike. Uh, but everybody kept getting his name wrong and calling him Longpipe. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was that. Uh, and technically, I wasn't even playing d and I was playing Pathfinder. So I had mm. like so such limited spells. Mm. I had no cantrips because I didn't know how. And I did, I, so I had no idea what to do most of the time. Sure. But uh, it was it was still fun to play. Um, I am currently, as of this recording, playing a druid, a druid ranger multi-class Ooh. on Blackwater D&D, our Hey-o. good friends over at Blackwater. Beep, beep, playing beep, beep. Uh, Will Wax Sniv. I go by Willie. <laughs> and I, my Will Wax Sniv and my, uh, my Drake Warden companion is mm. named Rupert, a.k.a. Yep. the Death Lord. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. If there's one thing I've that Jeremy of has, of is a terrifying yeah. uh, sidekick. <laughs> Rupert is absolutely adorable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's he's like a big tegu, uh, which if you've never seen a tegu, they're capable of being very cute. Uh, uh, yeah. d- do they like the bloody dotes? That's the big question that I have. <laughs> uh, they probably would eat bloody dotes. Yeah, yeah. they are predatory. Well, cool. So cool, cool, I think cool. they would. Just checking. Yeah. Um, great. So why don't we start off at the beginning, yeah. which is again... Oh, wait. I never got to say my actual yes. opinion on the class. Oh, yes. Oh, please, uh, please, please. Which is, uh, I think that... Druid is Druid is versatile, not necessarily in terms of playing style, because I think the playing style is fairly straightforward for most of them. Not like if I'm comparing them to, to like the Bard or something, mm. where it's like you are basically playing a completely different kind of character. If you pick mm. this subclass versus this subclass, yes. most of the Druids are going to be roughly similar, except mm. for the Moon Druid. Mm-hmm. which has a focus on a very specific class ability. But most of you're going to be looking at a spellcaster. You're going to be looking at roughly a similar spell list. Uh, you don't really have many blasters in there, although there is one that's kind of blaster-ish. Uh, I think I know which but, one uh, hmm. Yeah, but mostly druids are like going to be your utility slash battlefield control slash buff slash debuff spellcasters. Yeah. They're not going to be your blasters. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very mm-hmm. handy people to have on a team. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 definitely. I would say, I would say, yeah, I would say for me, it's like, if you don't have a cleric, you'd need to have a druid. Like, you need to have one of the two. Mm. Like, in a, in a balanced party, you'd, I'd recommend having a either a cleric or a druid. So that's kind of gives you an idea of where I'd put them in the kind of, uh, uh, category Support. of 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 class mm. of classes that would match well in a, in an adventuring party. Um, mm. So. Uh, I, now, obviously, uh, we always say use Tasha's rules. That's always our, that's like our go-to bit of advice now is just use the <laughs> Tasha's rules. They make generally everything better. Um, but if you don't use the Tasha's rules, what are some of the subclasses which might work well for our druid babies? I think you mean races. Did you mean races? 
Races. What did I say? Did I say classes? You said subclasses. subclasses. I said subclasses. Mm. Well, well, I mean, you know I can I mean? read you the list of Druid subclasses. Yeah, well, we're going to do that in work. a bit, so that would be pointless. <laughs> so, yeah, let's definitely do races. Uh, mm. there's, there's, there's a lot of technical terms in D&D, okay? Uh, I get confused. Mm-hmm. It's worth saying up front, the Druid is built as a wisdom-based wisdom. spellcaster. Yeah, wisdom-based yeah. primary spellcaster. Yes. So you're going to want a plus to wisdom. Yes. Preferably a plus two to wisdom, if you can get mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um, so, again, Tasha's rules... Just always give yourself a plus two to wisdom if you're playing rage. Uh, yeah, or get or get a high. Yeah, you want that high wisdom one way or another. Yes. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we've moved away from that with some of the more recent races in terms of prescribed uh, 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 ability score, racial ability score bonuses. But off the bat, fearbolgs get a plus yeah. two to wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. as well, we can also discuss thematically kind of cool, potentially cool druids as well. And I, cause I, was, yes. I also think that uh, fearbolgs happen to sit in that category as well. I think that thematically they're pretty cool uh, druids. They make pretty cool druids given yeah. their kind of general essence and what they can their do, etc. Yeah. Their whole vibe. Like forest based giant people. Yeah. Basically. Um, there, wait, are there any other plus twos to wisdom? I know there's a lot Flash of plus top? ones. Uh, yes, Kalashtar. Well a very done. good choice. Good call. Uh, Kalashtar good is a very good choice for a druid. Mm-hmm. Is that plus two? Uh, everything else pretty much gets a plus one. So you're looking at stuff like Aarakocra, uh, which uh, I would say their their secondary stat would either be Constitution or Dexterity. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and uh, Aarakocra gets a plus two to Dexterity. Um, uh, Kenku gets a plus two to Dexterity, a plus one to Wisdom. Uh, lizard Folk plus two to Constitution, plus one to Wisdom. I don't really seen a lizard folk druid but no, you know what i think it could work i'm down for that i'm definitely down for yeah. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Have, in my in my home game uh one of our um players plays a grung which is like a yeah uh, oh, yeah person. yeah yeah, frog yeah, yeah. poison dart frog person mm. Yeah, uh, is it a grand? Something like that. Basically, they're a little lizard person and they play a druid and it is a phenomenal combination. Like, it's it's so much fun to play mm. games. Yeah. I think mm. actually, now I'm thinking about it, just for, in terms of racial, if we're going to talk about racial bonuses and abilities, I, I think a hyper-mobile druid is always a good thing. So, like, if you could pick mm. something with, like, uh, mobility improvements, so a tabaxi yeah. or mm. something with, like, or climb or... Or yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Owl, I think that kin, would be... Owlin? Owlin. Mm. Yeah, I think Owlin. I think that's, that would be the pronunciation I'd go for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that would be quite a good, uh, quite a potent combo. Because uh, generally, like again, because they're so versatile in that you can get, you, you know, you can, you're doing quite a lot of stuff and you're doing a lot of support and uh, buffing, etc. Then wouldn't be a bad thing to be able to get in and out and around this battlefield. So... Yes. And druids do get some limited, like, like well, they're not limited damaging options. They get some solid damaging options, yeah. but a lot of them are, like, con- concentration spells. So, like, a heat yeah. metal oh, cool lightning. or a call lightning. Yeah. yeah it's like the Call go-to. lightning is tasty as hell, though. Mm. And, and, and yeah. heat metal, to be fair, actually. If you use those yeah. in the right way, uh, I'm looking metal, at you, is Johnny. concentration? Is yeah, it, it is. Yes, because it does recurring keep, damage. Oh, it's over just to keep doing the bonus action. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I'm looking uh, at uh, Jeremy and Johnny for that one. I hate <laughs> you still. <laughs> yes. Oh, I absolutely took your advice, uh, and I did that in 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 my game the other night. I did heat metal, and I like um, stuck my sword into this giant uh, dragon eating thing's head. Yes. yes. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I uh, I'm sure your DM hated it as I did. Yeah, yeah. It's really <laughs> annoying. I think the thing he, he hated most was the fact that I had waited uh, a year in real time to use the gun he'd given me <laughs> and then just shot it off in this thing's eye canal. Wow. Uh, into the brain. 
yeah. So uh, and also it's, it's, it's um, exploding dice for this gun. So it, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty good. It oh, would sneak whoa. attack as well. Oh. it was good stuff. Oh. Big fan. Oh, damn. That's sick. That's very yeah. cool. That's extremely. Yeah, it was cool. a lot of fun. Yeah. A quick yeah. rundown of other races that could work uh, mm. well with the druid. Tortle mm. gets a plus one to wisdom. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Centaur gets a plus one to wisdom. Loxodion gets a plus one to wisdom, and Vidalkin gets a plus one to wisdom. Yeah, mm. kind of uh, apt that a lot of these like animal-based uh, races mm. have uh, pluses to wisdom, which work well with druids. There's a nice yeah. synergy there. Uh, I'll give a little tick for you, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. What's he? I'll, yes. There you go. A little well plus. Done. A little well done. Almost like mm. you know what you're doing when it comes to mechanical <laughs> things, particularly. You do you do well. You do well. Mm. Um, Jeremy, why don't you give us a little rundown of the uh, what our druid gets? What are what what are sort of yes. key uh, initial things to know about the druid are so that people can uh, play this thing? Okay, so up front, I will say, druid is probably it's our, there's a strong case that it's the most complicated of the spellcasting classes. It's certainly up there, just because of the mm-hmm. number of different things they can do. Mm-hmm. However, at their core, they are a primary spellcasting class. Uh, so that means you're starting with first level spells at first level and going all the way up to ninth level spells. Uh, the progression is pretty much the same as every other class. Uh, your hit die is a D8, so you're a little sturdier than, say, a sorcerer or wizard. Uh, so that's nice. Um, your proficiencies are interesting. You get light armor, you get medium armor, you get shields, but... According to wizards, and I don't know, this is up to you in your game, because I'm not necessarily a huge fan of this, druids will not wear armor or use shields made of metal. Uh, I guess due to their, the idea is that because of their connection to nature and the natural world, uh, never mind the fact that metals are naturally occurring. I was going to say. They will. (laughs) Are you out of magnesium? (laughs) Like, like, there's there's a whole bunch of them. They're fine with wearing a a bone breastplate that has been carved to be a breastplate. And they're fine with wearing a wood shield that has been carved to be a shield. But they're not okay with wearing a metal breastplate that has been uh, forged into a breastplate, been taken from the earth. Yeah, that's strange. That's basically trying to differentiate them further from clerics. Sure. As far as I can tell. Sure. Like on a mechanical sense. It's it's odd to put it's odd to put druids will not wear. Like it because that makes Mm. it like a personal choice of the druid. Yeah. So therefore, Mm. for me, in the language of that, as your DM, I would let you if you've decided that your druid is happy to wear metal. Like it's because it's in the language, like you're choosing (laughs) not to, not that you literally can't. It's not like they're yes. saying druids are allergic to metal. So I think that's uh, mm. a, a worth pointing out in the language of what they've said. Yeah. And there may also be like a bit of a fae connection there sure. where like fae people, like fae, uh, fairies are historically uh, like Weaked. damaged by steel, yeah. uh, mm. stuff like that. Maybe that's that could also be part of the co- uh, collection or excuse me, connection. Uh, but yeah, druids flavor wise are kind of based on, like very loosely based on real life druids. I feel like it's pretty loose connection. Probably basically just loose. a person who gets magic from their connection to nature. I'm That's sure like... if we had a, a, a real life druid on this show, we probably have a similar <laughs> episode that we had to the James deep dive with monks. Like, like it would yeah. probably just be well, like, oh, what? <laughs> druid is one of the two other classes that James had said kind mm. of like raise eyebrows. Yeah. Which, it's druids, barbarians, and monks. But of the three, monk is the only one that is racially coded. Yes. The other two are just mm-hmm. kind of like vaguely religious slash like because the druids were a real religious sect but mm. yeah anyway um what else we get 
You got yeah. your weapons, uh, your clubs, daggers, javelins, maces, quarterstaffs, scimitars, sickles, slings, spears, nothing that is martial. Uh, and yeah, simple. Bar- and yeah, basically simple weapons, but I think they're all lights? dex. Well, no, clubs aren't. Yeah, I think it's like, uh, I think it's, quarterstaffs can be used with both hands. Mm-hmm. Spears can be mm-hmm. used with both hands, but they're versatile. Nothing heavy. Yeah, nothing heavy. Clubs are considered heavy. Yeah, no, nothing heavy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think clubs are two-handed either. Uh, yeah. I don't think they, although maces are, so who knows? But it's, but they tend, I think maces are two-handed. I'll, they're either I'll two-handed check. or heavy. Yeah, check it out. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. I will. Uh, the tools, you automatically proficient with an herbalism kit. Uh, you get your intelligence, your wisdom, your saving throws are intelligence and wisdom. Uh, intelligence mm-hmm. is an interesting one because I would say dex and constitution are usually more important for druids than intelligence yeah. is. Mm. None of your abilities are tied to intelligence. One-handed. So, the it's a one-handed. one-handed. Yes. A mace a is a one-handed. Thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you. I think it's a warhammer that goes up to two-handed, if I'm not mistaken. But I, Yeah, yeah warhammers are versatile. It yeah, can be a one so. or two-handed. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, and then your skills, you're not getting a ton of skills. You're looking at arcana. You get to pick two from this list. Arcana, animal handling, insight, medicine, nature, perception, religion, and survival. So, you know, pretty, I think thematically appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other things get out of the way. This is an ability that I feel like is rarely used, which is druidic. Mm. Uh, the druids have a secret language in D&D and all druids can speak it. It's similar to thieves can't. Yes. Uh, you, except in the difference being that, uh, it's not, I don't think it is, uh, it's not like a code that you put in. It's just a Mm. language that you speak. Mm. Uh, you can speak the language, use it to leave hidden messages. Uh, you and others who know the language automatically spot such a message. Others spot the message's presence with a successful DC wisdom, a DC 15 perception check, uh, but can't decipher it without magic. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it can be a fun thing to use, uh, but I feel like it rarely sees much use. Uh, no, and then, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's usually like a, it's a, again, it's a situational thing. Like the only time like thieves can't ever really comes into handy. It's like if the DM is sort of semi prompting it, like if you're going to a thieves guild, you'd probably be like, Oh, I should look out for some thieves can't. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if your DM is like, Oh, there's some weird languages scrawled on these trees. Then maybe be like, Aha! <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like it's usually it a bit of a DM. Druidic. Yeah, exactly. It's usually a DM-led thing, I think. <laughs> you know what yeah. usually gets used? Sylvan. Yeah. Sylvan, I feel like, gets used yeah. in place of in place of that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not class-specific. It's just, like, mm. foresty and fey. Mm. So you can slap it onto... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that sees more more use. Uh, but uh, then we talk about the spellcasting. Druids uh, are a, pro- a prepared spellcasting class. So you have a list of spells that you know, but then you can prepare a certain number each day. It's identical to the clerics. Yeah. Uh, in fact, both are wisdom-based and get a D8. They're actually quite similar. They are quite similar. Uh, and druids can cast spells as a ritual. So that's also nice. Yeah. And mm. you can use a druidic focus as a spellcasting focus for your druid spells. So th- I think that's usually like a piece of bone, like a sprig of holly, mm, uh, yeah. something natural. I'd say, you yeah, you, you get full license to make up whatever the hell. Uh, I, you, leaf on a stick. Yeah. 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 Like that's, if, yeah. <laughs> leaf on a stick. That's a little fragile. Yeah. Oh man. Imagine level 20, like druid there <laughs> with a little Same leaf. Stick. <laughs> I'm been, like glued. All I was gonna say like tapes, like sellotape round the leaf yeah. stem to try. It. Like yeah. it, the leaf is so like dried out and old now that like a breeze would tear yeah, this thing apart. Yeah, most of it has yeah, broken it's, off. It's, it's just like the stem. Um, it's just kind of there. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it still works. If it ain't broke, and and out it, of it know? comes a, like a ninth level cool lightning. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. It, it'd feel almost like an insult. It would <laughs> be. You just had this. You come with such tor- terrible equipment. Truly uh, wild. Just, uh, laying waste to everyone. Uh, so mm. that's pretty much a rundown of the background. Yes. The Shall we talk a little bit about the primo druid ability? Uh, the, the yes. Big, the, big, the, I think the definitive. This is the, big one. This is the, the definitive. Thing that makes them, the thing that makes them so complicated. Really. Yes, and uh, probably the thing that makes them most fun to play. Uh, really, uh, it's 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 really uh, the center of, and I think also one of the things that makes it quite a fun sp- um, uh, multi uh, multi class option as well. It, it's quite yes. a fun ability. Uh, so at starting at second level, you get wild shape. Wild shape. Uh, so you can use your action to magically assume the shape of a beast that you have seen before. I didn't actually know you had to have seen it before, but now I think about yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That makes a yeah. lot Otherwise of sense. Otherwise you just go wild. Literally. People do try to go wild. Yeah, literally. People try to take the mick on this one. Jeremy, Jeremy, that was the sound of a DM scorned. You know what I mean? That was like, whoa, people have tried. Yeah. And I don't see that. Don't turn into a dinosaur. There aren't dinosaurs in this world. Yeah, but I want to turn into one. Uh, no, but you haven't seen one. So you what is it? How does your character know what to turn into? Yeah, for me, it's even like, like see them was one thing. I think you should be, you should have to like study them like a little bit. Like not just like oh, all right, I've seen that that you thing before. Yeah, a sure. tail. Yeah, you're like cool. I, tried I, I, I got this. I know what got it is. It. I know what that thing <laughs> is. But then maybe I might be like a little bit more forgiving and be like, uh, I could imagine a scenario where you could imagine a larger lizard. It might be a little messed up, and you might have like an arm in the mm-hmm. wrong place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it kind of but could, could kind of work. Like an arcana check to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, see, it, that, can I, I think... turn into a, a T Rex? Yeah, having yeah. seen. A have gecko? Seen a yeah, having like, seen like a big lizard, like a Komodo or something. Having seen a gecko and a chicken, can yes. I turn into a T-Rex? Can I, can I turn into a T-Rex? And, and I so say, like, yes, DC oh, 17 Arcana check, go. That's, yeah. that's a good but idea. It, and if they fail, then it's like they they turn into like... A something. It's like they have to hit a certain DC to actually turn into one fully, but otherwise mm-hmm. it's like derpy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Or it's just, it's just the legs. <laughs> it's you, <laughs> but just with T-Rex legs. <laughs> so you're or now like a chicken with T-Rex legs, or a giant like lizard chicken. Basically, just a well, giant lizard. Really it could still be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So let's actually talk about how this thing does actually work, instead of the stupid rules that we're inventing for it. Uh, so you can use this feature twice, and you regain all uses at the end of a short or a long rest, which is very good. Um, and your druid level determines what you can turn into. So basically, at the second level, you can do a maximum CR of a quarter. Uh, with no flying and no swimming speed. That is very, very important because flying and swimming is makes a huge difference. Um, so then, so for example, you can turn to a wolf. That is a quarter CR Black. monster, uh, well, animal, uh, and uh, it doesn't have a flying or swimming speed. Um, mm. Oh yeah, it has to be a beast. It can't just be like... A monstrosity. Oh sure, yes. Yeah. Sorry, it does say beast. It does say beast. So you yeah, beasts can't. Tables. You can't. Tur- you, for example, you can't turn into an aberration. Yes. Like you can't mm. be like I turn or a fiend. You can't mm. turn into an imp. Yeah. Or a dire, yeah. like a dire wolf or something that is like specifically a like a fiendish uh, or like a hellhound. Or, yeah. Any, or something. Anything Sorry, that is not hellhound, yeah. classified yeah. as a beast. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and I think it's very wor- it's worth specifying that. For, so thank you for making me clarify, Jeremy, because uh, that is some subclass abilities m- may change uh, those things mm. in terms of what you are able to turn into. 
to. Uh, so then fourth level, you can turn into half a CR. So for instance, a crocodile. Uh, so you can have a swim speed at this point, but you cannot have a flying speed. Uh, it's worth mentioning as well, just obviously the way swim speed works. It all it means it doesn't mean that your the thing can't swim. It just means that it uh, uh, doesn't have a particular speed. So you you, ab mm. you abide by the same rules that everything else does in terms of swimming, which I believe yeah. is like half your movement speed or something. In like yeah. any so direction. a wolf can mm. swim. It can't it swim. It's half its normal. It's gonna yeah. doggy paddle its way. Yeah. Whereas yeah. a crocodile has a swimming speed, and that mm -hmm. little uh, death machine will be coming at you in any direction with a good mm -hmm. old swimming speed. Uh, I'd love to turn into a crocodile. I think it'd be super fun. And then at eighth level, you <laughs> get to turn into a CR, a max CR of one, uh, and that can have a flying speed as well. For instance, a giant eagle. Now I've said the words giant eagle. If you uh, you can probably imagine why we made the point that it's very important uh, talking about flying speed because the things you can do with a giant eagle, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> truly. <laughs> Truly kind of broken. <laughs> like, just pick your friends up good. and off we go. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. get oh, round this, take on this whole dragon? thing <laughs> that well, the DM has planned for us. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, does this go up again from here? Or? No, it never goes up again. So it's a single CR. But again, isn't it? I yeah. don't know. Some subclasses maybe change that. I'm not mm. too sure. I think Literally one. Oh, wow. That seems wild. <laughs> Literally one. <laughs> Which I is... would have to assume moon? Is it moon? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out more about that. Uh, I think Jack Yes, that. we will indeed. We will indeed. Uh, um, but it is, uh, so yes. And then basically there are some rules and conditions around these things. Uh, maybe if I go for the first one and then we can split these ones up. Uh, just because yeah. these are basically okay, like sure. extra features. Um, yeah. So you can stay in your beast shape uh, for a number of hours equal to half your druid level rounded down. So one hour if you're level two, um, and so on and so forth. Two eight. hours if you're level four. Yes, exactly. Uh, four hours if you're level eight. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, you can. That's how long you can stay in it. You can revert to your normal form earlier by using a bonus action on your turn. You automatically revert uh, if you fall unconscious or drop to zero hit points mm -hmm. or die. Yeah. Fun times. Um, so that means a sleep spell could theoretically knock someone out of wild shape. That is very true. I suppose yeah. so. That yeah. is very, very true. Uh, got you now, druids. Yeah, yeah got you now. Hey, checkmate. <laughs> so druids. let me do this first one. So your in-game statistics are replaced by the statistics <laughs> of the beast, but you retain your alignment, personality, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores. So basically, all your mental stats stay the same, but your physical stats take on that of the beast you've turned into. It wouldn't make sense, <laughs> obviously, if you're like a, oh, I have an eight strength, but I turn into a gorilla. <laughs> uh, and yeah. then you get some the skinniest little gorilla with no arms. <laughs> Uh, this anemic gorilla. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you do retain the stats of your... Uh, 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 you retain your mental stats, but your physical stats are that of the of the beast you turn into. You also retain all of your skill and saving throw proficiencies, uh, and you, in addition, you gain those of the creature. So that's kind of fun. That's kind of fun. Yeah. You might get some additional... Like, say, let's say uh, a wolf, I think, probably has a proficiency in survival. I'm uh, spitballing, but I'm assuming they do. Perception. Or perception or something. So oh, yeah, they have like you would gain that advantage if you're if you smell stuff. Sniffing. Uh, yeah, and, stuff and like uh, pack tactics. Yes, you get pack tactics, <gasps> tactics. as well. Um, and uh, yeah, you basically use the one that is higher if you have uh, proficiencies in the both the same skill. Um, uh, oh yeah, and if your creature has any legendary uh, lair or uh, legendary or lair actions, you can't use those. <laughs> that seems like yeah. a duh, but sure, <laughs> like that would be wild <laughs> if you can just yeah, that's you got not legendary. A People reactions. would definitely try. And, definitely and try. That, <laughs> mm -hmm. Sorry, that's a duh for a, uh, for as a DM. That's like a ha ha. No, 
Yeah. Like I tried but, to use those with my normal PC character. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take a legendary resistance. Thanks. My DM's like, no, you won't. No, oh, no. You're not a legend. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe Liv, do you want to go for the next one about uh, the hit Absolutely. points? Absolutely. Yes. So when you transform, you assume that beast's hit points and hit dice. Um, so yeah, so that's um, pretty handy if you're quite flimsy, which druids usually kind of are. Yeah, right? they're middling-ish. Ish. Yeah. yeah, I would say this for me is like the one of the primo abilities of the wild shape because yeah. when you look at like the fact that you. Can do this twice per rest yeah. uh like even at level one i think the, let me see how much how many hit points the wolf has real quick mm -hmm. it's not a lot um no. basic 11 hit points right so you can bamf out in and out of the wolves twice that's an extra 22 bear, hit points effectively yeah. isn't a bear isn't a, a brown CR1? bear cr one fourth? oh in which case then you would wait get, let me see let uh, me make sure no that's gonna be a half yeah. at least surely let me see brown oh no black bear is half uh brown bear it's is okay. uh is one um, okay. okay. But like a okay, so like even it so a black bear, for instance. You know what I was getting mixed up was the moon druid again. Yes. Uh, so the black bear, for instance, though, has nineteen hit points. Now, if you imagine at level, what is this? Level two? Yeah, level two. Yeah. You could effectively mm -hmm. now get if you turn to a black bear twice, that is thirty nine temp HP effectively. Because um, level two wouldn't be possible, right? Because you have to wait till. You oh, yeah. sorry, that's half a CR. That's a half a CR. A wolf has a wolf has eleven. So there you go. Sorry, that's yeah. that's twenty two temp pitch temp hit points at level two. Like really that cool. is really, really that is a really, really good ability because effectively what happens is all that damage it just uh, it goes towards the wolf shape and then you revert back to yourself with the same amount of hit points you had when you turned into the thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, if there's any carryover, so like let's say your wolf has eleven hit points, it does fourteen, you would still carry over the three onto yourself, but still you've just absorbed. 11 points of damage at level 2 which let's be honest that's probably the difference between like dropping unconscious and not at level 2 uh, for mm, a yeah. druid so uh, I, yeah I think this is one of the one of the one of the best abilities uh, for this so always try and find <laughs> your the, the highest uh, hit point uh, creatures that you can turn into because yeah, that's one of the most useful parts of this keep for yourself sure. alive yes. um, yeah I think you covered all of that there um, I think the last thing is just as long as the excess damage doesn't reduce your normal form to 0 hit points you aren't knocked un unconscious so yeah, yeah just just get them beefy boys that you turn into. Mm -hmm. um, yes. uh, Jeremy, do you want to talk about the next point? Yes, and this is part of why I believe this isn't that great of an ability unless yeah. you're a moon druid. Oh. Uh, it is this coupled with the fact that it is an action uh, and the mm. limited CR. Uh, you cannot cast spells... And your ability to speak or take any action that requires hands is limited to the capabilities of your beast form. Uh, you can maintain concentration on a spell that you've already cast, but you have to have already cast it prior to using Wild Shape. And because most, I think, most if not all druid spells that require concentration are in fact a full action, that means you have to have cast it the round before. Because did, yeah. Wild Shape is also an action. Uh, yes. And uh, trans Transforming doesn't break concentration of those spells. Uh, it also does not prevent you from taking actions that are part of a spell, such as Call Lightning, that you've already cast, or Heat Metal. Now, that's this, I think, is the fundamental thing. Because you can turn into that wolf, but wolves aren't that strong. Hmm. Wolves are not mm -hmm. that great. Yes. Which is nice. You get 11 extra hit points. Okay. Mm -hmm. but you know what might have been better? Casting Heat Metal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. you could have I used that turn mm -hmm. to do more damage. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that for most druids, this ability is best used as infiltration and reconnaissance. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you can turn into an ant, 
Uh, mm. You could turn into a flea. You could turn into a spider. Uh, you could turn into a mouse. I, I would just rat. like to point out as well at level two, if you've seen them, velociraptors are an option. Just say it. That's true. That's, which is kind of cool. Which cool. is kind. Which is also just kind of bonkers cool. that a velociraptor is only a quarter CR. I mean, that doesn't well, they were the seem the size yeah. of turkeys in real life. That's not. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I mean, well, okay. Sorry. I want to correct myself. What they have depicted okay. in the imagery for the Velociraptor is clearly oh. a Uteraptor, which is oh. a lot bigger and a lot scarier. Um, and those things absolutely would be more than a quarter CR. But what mm. they have pictured as the Velociraptor, what they are describing as the Velociraptor, uh, it's, oh, like, no, the, it's no. like the Jurassic Park. I will actually no. Yeah, I, I, it one. has listed tiny beasts. Okay, it has listed tiny beasts. I don't know if it has oh, a Uteraptor okay. in here. Then, in which case, I just saw. They some do artwork. have a Deinonychus, I think. Okay. Oh. Uh, which is, I think, a little bit smaller than a Utah Raptor, but still much bigger than a Velociraptor. They don't have um, a Uteraptor. They... I'm going to make one and put it on D and D Beyond, and it's going to oh, be more do. than. Uh, it's yeah. going to be like at least a one CR, I think, because those things. I, like, let me see what a Deinonychus is. One of those versus a brown bear, I think, would be an interesting fight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yo. Those things were scary in uh, in uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. I would not want to be around that druid. But just so you know, for everyone listening at home, in Jurassic Park, they're Uteraptors, not Velociraptors, and I will die on that hill. And that is uh, that is the end. Of, that's what, uh, I'll what say. about what so about A Deinonychus, <laughs> which is basically the same thing but slightly smaller, is a CR one. So if you're gonna go oh. Utah Raptor, okay, you might have to go up to CR two. CR two, uh, maybe they are. I mean, they are ridiculous. They would have pack tactics as well, which is absolutely mm. t terrifying. And uh, yeah. and yeah. they're used to taking down a lot bigger prey than you. So uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna make him. I'm gonna make a Uteraptor and put on DD Beyond so you can Thank turn you. into it. Thank you. Um, on yeah. uh, on this. Actually, maybe you can't hmm. because I'll make it a CR one. I'll just make it a CR one. So you <laughs> Thank can turn you. Into it. Thank we'll you so much. For just turn into a Deinonychus. I, I sold the you the dream. <laughs> I sold you the dream, and uh, I, I'm just gonna basically I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna copy and paste the Deinonychus and re rename it Uteraptor <laughs> so you can turn it. <laughs> uh, so um, <laughs> that is, I think that. Unless, we'll go over why the Moon Druid drastically improves this feature. Yes. But, by 8th level, other than mobility, most of those CR1s aren't going to be all that good. Sure. Like, it's a CR... Mm. Uh, it's, a Deinonychus might be scary at level 2 or 3. But if you are fighting level 8 stuff, which is like... That's... You're talking Mind Flayers and up. Uh, mm -hmm. A Giant Eagle is not much of a match, unfortunately. Nope. Uh, so, in my mm. opinion... <clears throat> This this ability is, unless you are specifically a moon druid, more useful as either a desperation play or a mobility or reconnaissance. I was going to say mobility, or yeah, or a barbarian multiclass, in which case it still becomes a pretty violent uh, option. You still probably yes, want to be a moon especially druid, especially if you're a moon druid. But uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which I will say, fair enough. But I do think that uh, it's a pretty primo, it's a pretty useful yeah. thing. Like or a monk. brown bear with rage is fun as hell. <laughs> yeah, or a monk. Cool. You could also do uh, monk as well. That one that one works as well with like the unarmed strike. Because mm. uh, that you don't, your animal doesn't have to carry an equipment. Yes. Uh, so I would say monk or barbarian. Oh I think it gets could fun. be a cool multi-class. It gets fun. Maybe even well, fighter. But rogue is specific now because you need weapons with fighter. Oh Unless yeah, of you course do you do. Fighting yeah, style. rogue maybe. Maybe rogue. You could do the unarmed fighting style with a fighter, and Ro you could do the problem with rogue is that you need finesse weapons or ranged ah, weapons for sneak attack. <laughs> would you? Yeah. Oh, you would. I was what if you turn into a swordfish? <laughs> That's kind of a rapier. <laughs> 
I, I one land would be, be useless, but I yeah, mean, but I would be water. if my druid, if my if my druid rogue in the water turned into a swordfish so that it could get sneak attack, I would a hundred percent allow that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I think I would, I would just would allow nice. sneak attack for an, an animal. I think that I mean, I could I could see something sneaking up on me as an animal. I don't see why not. <laughs> I would think that if if they could roll me a if they could roll me a stealth check of some description, like I would a hundred mm. like if they hid as like a jaguar yeah. or something, and then wanted to get sneak attack, I'd be like, hell yeah. But that's the thing, rogues don't need to hide. True. If, if they you're sitting next to an ally, five. you can just stab. Yeah. But I feel Which, like I think it's fair. It's basically pack tactics. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm gonna make the. I think I'm gonna back live up on this point where I would. I think I would be tempted to allow it purely on the basis that yeah. we're basically saying that it is the rogue's mental prowess that allows them to make the sneak attack, not their physical prowess. It's not the actual weapon mm-hmm. itself. It's the ability to like, oh, I'm gonna get it under your armor and do extra damage, right? Yeah. Like that's Find the, the uh, that's the spot. It, that's the yeah. that is that the is that the thing we're saying? No, no. Because they can only use no? certain weapons. <laughs> like if, if they well, could use if they could sneak attack with a glaive, I'd be with you. Right. If sure. they could sneak attack with a great sword, mm-hmm. I'd be with you. But it is specified that it has to be a finesse weapon. So we're talking something that's light and swishy. Well, not maybe not light, because rapiers. Are I mean, claws light, are pretty light and swishy. Swishy. Yeah. I think well, a I think... bear paw. <laughs> yeah, something that's inherently part of your being. <laughs> nah, they're fast and they're very very strong. They <laughs> and swishy. They ain't swishy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would, so allow, I would is... allow a jaguar. I would allow sure. a jaguar ambush bite. Not sure. in combat, but like if you surprise them, I would allow that. Mm. I would mm. allow that to be uh, sneaky. All I'm saying is if anyone wants to be a part of my D&D game, <laughs> you give me a call. <laughs> yes, Liv. Yes, Liv. Um, but okay, anyway, next. That is, uh, yeah, that is ultimately the end. Mm. Uh, you cannot. Uh, oh, but it, that I will say this is the other strategy that I wanted to flag up. Yeah. If you cast Call Lightning and then on your next turn turn into like an ant, for example, mm. uh, it's going to be real hard to hit you, especially if you're like a flea and you just start jumping away out of that area. Unless your opponents have like AOE attacks, yeah. it's basically like how how like how are they going just to hit d- you? Dive you just, it, dive I into the you. hair of your barbarian or something. Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. There's but feasibly no way that they could hit yeah. you. <laughs> you cr- exactly, especially if you have like an Aarakocra buddy. So you crawl onto the Aarakocra. The Aarakocra takes flight. They don't know where you are. They just know lightning nope. is coming down and hitting them. Yeah, uh, it's it's that's a fun. pretty uh, that's pretty good. Pretty, that's a pretty broken combination. Yeah, that's a really good yeah. that's a really good combination. Mm-hmm. So concentration spells, uh, maybe stock up on some concentration spells. Um, yeah, that's get not that, a bad get that high con school. That's not a bad okay. idea. Uh, so you retain the benefits of any features from the class, race, or other source. Uh, you can use them in the new form if you're physically capable of doing so. However, you can't use any special senses such as dark vision unless your new form has that sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess it's, again, it's just it's it's basically saying phys- it, can you physically do the thing, or is it more of like if it's an innate magical ability or a mental thing, right. then you basically are able to do it. No um, flying wolves. No flying wolves. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're an Aracocra, you don't also attack, have wings right. on your wolf. <laughs> you think a flying wolf would have sneak attack? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely Lips yeah. just allows everything. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's because I play a rogue so much that I'm like, I want that. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. man. I can't wait for the day that you hypothetically play a druid and try and get with so much BS. And Jeremy's just like, nope. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just like, no. No. Jeremy, I fly in. Jeremy, 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 not, watch me fly! Watch, watch me fly! Here we go. Nope, <laughs> you're not a high enough level. Liv. It's, just, <laughs> it's just not happening. I mean, but technically, I've made wings. Look, okay, no, no. Um, <laughs> they're vestigial. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Um, 
Uh, okay, and then you have the last one as well. Is you choose whether or not your equipment falls to the ground in your space, merges into your new form, or is worn by it. Oh, interesting. So mm-hmm. worn equipment functions as normal, but the DM decides decides whether it is practical for the new form to wear that piece of equipment based on the creature's shape and size. So like. I don't know, a long sword. Can it hold it? No. So you probably wanted to have that merged into your form or something, right? I don't know. Right. But you could potentially be like an armored dog. True. Like an armored wolf. Uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe if if it makes sense for whatever, your gorilla to have a shield, Mm -hmm. then like you can still have, you could be a gorilla with a shield. Oh, that's yeah, true. That's super true. I guess so. I guess yeah. super true. Or, or like shoot. a chimpanzee, like a scimitar wielding chimpanzee with a shield and like a wooden <laughs> breastplate. Uh, yeah, because I guess if you're retaining your mental stats this. as well, you'd be like, oh, I still know how to use this thing. Like I can still yeah. hold it. You'd still have your proficiencies as still well. Still know what the pokey end is. Yeah. That is very true. I never thought about that. See, now, yeah. no. would you not argue then that that does make it a little bit better? Because I didn't actually realize that you could do that. But I feel like that does make it a little bit better purely in the sense that, like, for instance, then mm. you could be like a gorilla, have a gorilla's strength stats, and use a glaive or something. Yes. Like, that's you would fun. Still have to be, you would have had to have gotten proficiency. No, with of course. Yeah, yeah. You have in. to have get the proficiency, uh, etc. Yes. Or a I chimpanzee argue, with a quarter staff, which is kind of fun. <laughs> I would still argue yeah. that the druid spellcasting is ultimately superior to doing that in most cases. Yeah. But hey, it could be very cool and it could be fun. It could be fun. So if somebody's like, I want to turn into a sword wielding chimpanzee, uh, mm-hmm. I'd be like, cool. Unless it's like your party is dying and you have just taken away your ability to cast healing magic because <laughs> you wanted to be a chimp. I might cast aspersions on that decision, but whatever. <laughs> okay. okay. Fight a multi-class um, though in this scenario because then... That would be... There gorilla, we go. There we now go. we're talking. Gorilla the with chimp, the glaive, the ch- baby. My chimp <laughs> action surges. <laughs> I really want to be a big, strong gorilla with like one hand yes. on a glaive. Just like... <laughs> Oh man, Yo, that'd be you so gotta cool. Let some, you gotta let the gorilla use the glaive with one hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, like, yeah, I don't care if it's two handed. Yeah. Dual wielding glaives. Yes! Uh, just like a tornado <laughs> of shit. Just coming straight out. <laughs> like, imagine how terrifying it is when you're at the zoo and the gorilla, like, mm-hmm. stands up properly and you're like, man, that thing is big. And then it yeah, has two glaives. <laughs> Ooh. <Yeah. laughs> then it reveals that it's been sitting on top of a pair of glaives. <laughs> <laughs> it charges the edge of the control. Against the glass. On two legs. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> you nervously call an attendant, like, um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, is that is obscene. That is absolutely obscene. I'm on board with the dual glaive wielding gorilla. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm on board with that. You're not on board with a cheeky sneak attack here or there, but dual no. wielding glaives. <laughs> It's the gorilla's four hundred pounds of muscle. If, if that yeah. can't if that can't dual wield glaives, what can? Nothing can. Truly, nothing. There's nothing. I'm filing yeah. all of this away for the future. Yes, yeah, please. If you turn into a gorilla. Now, I don't think there's a gorilla stat block. But if we if we created a gorilla stat block yes. and you turned into a gorilla, I and you also had proficiency with glaives, I would let you dual wield glaives as a gorilla a with whatever um, armor you have. Liv, Liv is going to hypothetically in this super hypothetical situation, which is definitely not happening yeah, no, spend no, the no, first no, no. three sessions of this hypothetical session being like oh i'm just gonna do a bit of glaive training over here i just find the nearest glaive master please I roll for glaive <laughs> <I roll. laughs> can i get my gg on please, <laughs> please. Um, my two ggs my two ggs <laughs> i pull out my ggs oh man as okay now my well brain hurts all of that 
Uh, from laughter. the laughter. <clears throat> yes, <laughs> I get that. Um, so your equipment doesn't change size or shape um, to match the new form. Um, so it's just normal sized like swords or, you know, big legs. Um, and any equipment that that the new form can't wear must either fall to the ground or merge with it. Equipment that merges with the form has no effect until you leave the form. Sweet. So- it's a part of you. I like it. I like it. Uh, okay, cool. I'm going to whiz through the next couple and then maybe yeah. uh, maybe Jeremy, do you want to jump in with, uh, uh, yeah, level 18? So I'm just thinking, because we basically we've got Druidic Circle, which we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. which is level two. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Wild Chip Improvement, which we've already spoken about. We've got an Ability yeah. Score Improvement. Uh, you get those at eight. We have Wild Companion, actually. Uh, oh, sorry. Missed the Wild Companion. Ooh. Please, Jeremy, mm-hmm. tell us about the Wild Companion. Okay, Wild Companion is a Tasha's ability. It's an optional ability that you can turn on. Basically, you can use a Wild Shape, uh, a use of one one use of your wild shape. It's another thing worth mentioning. I don't know if we said this. I think you only ever get two wild shapes. Uh, I will double most, check. Like, yes. The number does not increase it. until you eventually get unlimited wild shapes. <laughs> um, <laughs> big step. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but basically, yes, you expend a use of wild shape and you cast Find Familiar with no material components. Your familiar is a fae instead of a beast. So it takes the shape of a fae, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. You can just summon a little fairy. Uh, the fairy runs around and helps you with stuff. And the familiar yeah. disappears after a number of hour, hours equal to half your druid level. So it's kind of, I think it's the same duration of your, uh, as your wild shape. You just expend a use of your wild shape. And instead of you turning into an animal, you summon a familiar that's a little fae thing. Which is yeah. great. So yeah, realistically, if you do that right before battle, you could turn into an animal and have a familiar, which would be kind of fun. Yeah. Kind yeah. of fun. I like that. Uh, so now I will go mm-hmm. on to ability score improvements. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, uh, so uh, you get ability score improvements at 4th, 8th, 12th, 16th, and 19th level. So that's what, mm-hmm. 5 overall? Is that right? 1, Yeah, two, I think three, that's pretty standard. Four, 5, yeah, I think that's very, very uh, standard. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's exactly the same as all the other spellcasters, I think. Not the same levels, uh, but I think it's yeah. 5 for all the other spellcasters, unless they're a mixed... Um, I, I know the four, eighth, and twelfth thing stays stays the same. same. I think sixteenth is the same. Yeah, I think it's basically mm-hmm. the same as most other classes, except for like fighter and rogue. Maybe I was wondering yeah. if paladin had any differences, like a mixed. Uh, but uh, maybe not. Maybe yeah, not. Maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to do eighteenth? What do you get at eighteenth level? Live. Oh, we get the cantrip versatility. Let's not forget that. Oh yeah. Live. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Do you want to do cantrip versatility? Yeah, why not? Yeah. This is an optional one. Is this also part of Tasha's? Yeah. Um, yes. Wonderful. Uh, whenever you reach a level in this class that grants the ability score improvement feature, you can replace one cantrip you learned from this class's spellcasting feature with another cantrip from the druid spell list. So if you're like, oh, I don't really need Shillelagh anymore, you Shillelagh. can like, you know, Shillelagh. You can um, you can uh, change it up with an ability score improvement. Uh, However, so, uh, pick Shillelagh because Shillelagh's good. <laughs> I like Shillelagh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shillelagh. <laughs> Could be really useful if you use Shillelagh turn into a bear. Yep. Uh, or not a bear, but a, gl- a gorilla with a club. Shillelagh in these hands. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Would you I let? No, it's not good at all. Because <laughs> then you're using your. Why, you could just use a gorilla's strength. Yeah, I was gonna say just use Never a gorilla's mind. strength. What am I talking no, about? No, but, but would you allow me if I said uh, Shillelagh these hands? Uh, if I did that every time as a gorilla, would you allow me to do them on my fists? I would. No. Thank you, thank you, Liv. Thank you, Liv. It's that's, specifically that's the answer I wanted. Also, you can't cast you it as mean. a gorilla. You can't cast spells. So you'd have to cast Shillelagh on your on your humanoid hands. My wooden my wooden gloves. My wooden, your wooden uh, boxing gloves. Your wooden gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Which are gorilla-sized already to make way for me to change into. And you then as a gorilla, I will say, in gorilla, I'll Shillelagh these hands. But if like, you made... If you made a pair of gloves that had a bunch of wooden plates on them and could stretch with your size increase, yes. I would let you cast mm-hmm. 
uh, shillelagh on the gloves and then continue to wear them after you wild shape. I just don't mm-hmm. think it would be as useful as just hitting people with your gorilla fists. Well, unless you want them to be magical. Shillelagh mm-hmm. these hands. That's what I want to say. Okay. I, I mean, I, right. I'm just wondering if I can DM a session where I'm, I'm very liberal with everyone else except for Jeremy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just it, you throw most of the rules of the game out. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, yeah, you want a sneak attack uh, with a bomb? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, as, as a before. paladin. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, as a pal, you're not actually a rogue. You want to sneak attack with a bomb? That's as a pal- fine. Yeah. Absolutely. So how do you, do you like sneak it, attack? Anyway. Oh, you managed to stick the bomb up his bum. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. So the, bar- yeah, yeah, the right. barbarian is gonna the barbarian's gonna cast wish. Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go for it. While raging, no less. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, I wish I was raging. Oh, come on, guys. No, you could have done better than that. I'm gonna While, and also in a sphere of silence, like, yeah. and under an anti-magic code. Oh, and, and just so you know, Jeremy, I cast divine intervention past uh, as my warlock. So. So uh, we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's like you have to roll like under a ninety instead of like a ten. Like so, it's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just uh, gonna use the. I'm gonna use the twentieth tw- uh, level version where you just automatically succeed. You just automatically succeed. So right, I'm just gonna right, use right. that. Well, I mean, that, Jeremy, that and my legendary will, resistances. But everyone else will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Timeless body. Yes, mm-hmm. timeless body. Uh, uh, 18th level. Uh, the hmm. primal magic that you wield causes you to age more slowly for every ten years than everyone else's ages. You age just the one year. It's, I mean, oh, yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a, it's an ability. Purely flavor. Purely flavor. <laughs> because <laughs> let's be honest, most campaigns are not going to go on that long, especially after eighteenth level, and uh, all of your companions will probably die unless they are uh, all elves or something. So that's essentially that is, what this uh... means: is you get to watch everyone around you die. Mm. Yeah, it's very vampire. That is basically the only use for this is like uh, Keyleth and Critical Role. It's like, what's she up to now? I don't know. Like that's it's, it's still it's around, I guess. In actual play, still yeah, around. She's, she's out. somewhere out there. She's somewhere yeah. out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess also if uh, if. If you get hit with like a ghost's ability where it can age oh. you, then it's like this now that no longer matters, basically. Yeah, unless it's yeah. that time one that, that that's uh, then then that just ages you yeah, from death anyway. Things. So <laughs> like you're yeah. yeah either way, uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, beast spells. Mm. Now this is where wild shape gets real useful. Real good. At 18th level, in addition to aging super slowly, you can now cast uh, any spell that does not require material components while in wild shape. And that just, that opens up a that's whole a, that's That's good. Yeah. I, I, it feels like an odd restriction, given the fact they've said you can keep outside of yourself anything you want. It feels odd to me that you can't then use a material component. Like mm. I think, I agree. Or carry gen- a spellcasting focus. Yeah, like that yeah. is the. I I genuinely think that is like without uh, without any kind of shenanigans or BS. I think that's something I would genuinely overlook, just because it feels a little finicky for me that you could drop your spellcasting focus on the floor, but not mm-hmm. pick it up as whatever creature you've turned yeah. into. I mean, it, yeah. look, if it doesn't have, but you can still even if it didn't have hands, like if it had components of the spell with like with a, a beak or something, not just a parrot's beak, but like yeah, a, yeah literally like a beak or a, an octopus. Yeah, can I get, <laughs> can't even make sounds. But yeah, I with the eight arms, you couldn't larynx. pick up a spellcasting focus and use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I think I'd wave that. I think I'd wave that. Yeah, personally. Uh, why uh, don't you go then, for the twentieth level ability there, Liv? Yeah, the why arc druid. I indeed, uh, arc, arc, arch. Either arch way, druid, it's arch druid. Arch. I think it's Archibald supposed to be arc, druid. but most people say arch, uh, so who cares? Yeah. Okay. Archie, at twentieth level, <laughs> <Archie>. you <laughs> you can use your wild <laughs> you shape unlimited, <laughs> uh, Betty and Veronica unlimited number of times. Well. 
Um, what now? Archie. You know Archie Comics, Betty and Betty Oh, and yes. Archie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I watch Riverdale. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> um, at 20th and level, also you Cole can. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Cole Sprouse. He's bad. weird. He's weird. You can use the wild shape in a limited number of times. <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited! Oh, and now you can also ignore the verbal and somatic components of Eddie of Drew's spells. Well, Eddie, Eddie That's... material components that lack a cost and aren't consumed by a spell, uh, both in normal shape and beast shape. Eh, okay, fine. All right. I, I should have yeah, at twentieth level. Right. You have enough money that, that it does not going to make it. Like it's that not... basically means silence no longer works on you. Sure. Mm. Sure. Okay. That's basically yeah. what that means. Cool. Can't be silenced. All right. Can't be mm-hmm. silenced. I will not be silenced. Never. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Some fun abilities. Uh, oh, this is one thing to mention. Uh, there are a bunch of uh, optional additional spells that Tasha's added to the Druid. It includes mm. stuff like revision. Do you want me to run through them really quickly? I have them uh, here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you it, get man. protection from evil and good. You get uh, augury. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, mm. You get continual flame, enlarge, reduce, summon beast, aura of vitality, elemental weapon, revivify, summon fey, divination, fire shield, summon elemental, cone of cold, uh, mm. flesh to stone, symbol, and incendi- incendiary cloud. Mm-hmm. Honestly, some quality, spells some unbelievable there. spells yeah, in there good. that it's truly baffling to me that a druid didn't have before. Yeah, like cone a druid example, didn't have like, cone of cold. I know. Exactly. <laughs> like, That's it's. Be- I guess they just didn't want to make them any bl- give them any blasting capabilities sure. other than like ice now. Well. But come on. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Cone of cold. I feel like druids should be able to cast lightning bolt as well. It's it, uh, yeah. Call lightning. It, it's weird that you draw yeah. the line at call lightning and somehow lightning bolt isn't on the table. Yeah, mm-hmm. or fireball. Kind of element, I would say. Yeah, it yeah. Be fireball. At least there should yeah. be a version of Fireball. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's yeah. you go for a full Fireball, there should be, like, a, a something. You know what I mean? Where you draw power yeah. from the sun or, like, you know, some sort of drought spell, AoE spell or something. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. It, yeah. it just seems odd that there's... There should be more kind of elemental attachment, I feel like, to this. We literally talked about, like, this dr- druids only deal with grass and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Nothing more. If, if they only biology. The yeah. Only, only... It's only biology. That's the only part of nature they care Exactly. About. That's what it kind of feels like, which is like... And strange. I guess minerals, because you can do stone stuff. Yeah. You can do yeah. stone stuff. Uh, okay, so why don't we dive on into some subclasses? Uh, Jeremy, yes, I do believe you are going first today. Is that right? Uh, sure thing. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that is the plan. That was the plan. Uh, I go first. I'm doing Circle of the Land. We're going uh, we Player's have... Handbook. One oh, of the most basic gee. druid. Yeah, the, arguably the most basic druid. And I don't mean that as an insult in any way. I think it's just like, we're <laughs> just looking basic. at what the druid has. And let's let's dig deeper into the spellcasting aspect. Yeah. Uh, this is a spellcasting heavy subclass. Uh, a little bit light on flavor, but the idea is that you are connected to the uh, a land that, like the uh, a specific biome, essentially <laughs> that you came from. Yes. Uh, so second level, you get a bonus cantrip. You get to learn an additional druid cantrip. It doesn't count against the number of druid cantrips you know. You just get an extra cantrip. Always nice. You also, at second level, you get natural recovery, which can be very, very nice. Mm. You can regain, uh, essentially, uh, during a short rest, you can choose expended spell slots to recover. The spell slots can have a combined level that is equal to or less than half your druid level, rounded up, and none of the slots can be sixth level or higher. 
Fifth, uh, Code of Cold is a fifth level spell. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, <laughs> but if you are a tenth, basically, if you are a tenth level character, you could regain a, a Cone of Cold on a short rest Whoa. with this ability. Um, Spice. You can do this once per long rest, yes. Uh, and I believe, uh, yes, and. Uh, for also when you are a fourth level druid, uh, well that's it gives an example. But essentially, you could you could recover at level ten. You could recover five first levels. Well, you only have four, so you could recover all your first level spell slots at level ten. Uh, at level eleven, you could uh, recover all your first level spell slots and a second level spell slot because it rounds up with this. Mm. Uh, it's a nice one. It's yeah, tasty. That's really good. Uh, so you can yeah, get a like ninth level world. spell back. At level 20? Uh, can't be any higher than level level 6. Oh, okay, right, fine. Oh, fine, okay. fine, fine. That makes a That's lot of sense. I was like, whoa. Completely broken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cast a yes. ninth level spell, take a real quick nap, and come right yeah. back at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wish, wish, wish. Yeah. <laughs> but at level, at level 20, you could get back two fifth level spells. Spell slot, that is. Which is real tasty. Yeah, well. Um, okay, so you also get specific spells that are associated with the uh, the biome or... Uh, what what exactly do they call them? Um, to the kind of land, essentially. Yes. Uh, so you can choose from Arctic, Coast, Desert, Forest, Grassland, Mountain, Swamp, or Underdark. Hmm. Uh, and that will determine hmm. which list of spells you get you have. And you start with it, like you pick which one, when uh, which which uh, land you come from when you pick mm-hmm. this subclass. Yeah. Uh, so, and I don't believe you can change it. Uh, no. But all of these spells are always prepared for you. They don't count it against the number of spells you can prepare each day. Uh, and if you if if one of the spells isn't normally a druid spell, now it is for you. Congratulations. Yeah. So I'll just run through the spells real quick for each one. Arctic, you get hold person, spike growth, sleet storm, slow, mm-hmm. freedom of mm-hmm. movement, ice storm, commune with nature, cone of cold. Ew. Tasty list. Yeah. Tasty, tasty list. Uh, and of course, these are at third, fifth, seventh, and ninth level, uh, according to the level of the spell. Um Coast, you get mirror image, misty step at third level. Uh, fifth level, you get water breathing and water breathing and water walk. Oh, water seventh breathing. level, you get control. Yeah, water, ooh, that's a different. <laughs> that's a different spell. Oh, uh, seventh <laughs> level, you get control water and freedom of movement. At ninth level, you get con- conjure elemental and scrying. Uh, desert, cool. I think that's a pretty solid list as well. Some tasty yeah. spells on there. Mm. Desert Very thematic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, third level, you get blur and silence. Fifth level, you get create food and water and protection from energy. Seventh level, you get blight and hallucinatory terrain. Ninth level, you get insect plague and wall of stone. I uh, kind of wish there was a fire spell in there somewhere, but hey, it's okay. You would think. Mm. Yes, mm. Uh, but still some solid, some decently solid spells. Forest, uh, shout out to uh, my friend who was in the very first campaign that ever ran, played a forest uh, circle of the land druid. Uh, forest and uh, third level you get bark skin and spider climb fifth level you get call lightning and plant growth seventh level you get divination and freedom of movement ninth level you get commune with nature and tree stride again pretty mm-hmm. decent mm-hmm. not as good as some of the spell. others but alright tree, tree stride is very cool very, very I do like yeah, uh, yeah. tree stride uh, grassland druid uh, third level invisibility and pass without trace nice that is, that is good that is okay. really that good. is tasty. actually this whole I'm okay, looking grassland. down the list and there is some yeah oof, fifth oof. level daylight and haste yo Ooh. yo Ooh. now there uh, now there is now a, a haste- spicy my my gorilla dual wielding gorilla, gorilla <laughs> glaive with haste uh-huh. yo Ooh. 
action surging. Yes. <laughs> that is insane. I attacked 17 times. <laughs> uh, at 7th level, you get divination and freedom of movement. At 9th level, you get dream and insect plague. That's a solid That's a really list. good list. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a really Especially good at lower levels. Like, yeah. oh, some of those stay good. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mountain... Trace will always be good. Like, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and haste. Oh, yeah. tasty. Uh, yes. Mountain druids, third level, you get spider climb and spike growth. Fifth level, you get lightning bolt. Hey, oh, there it is. Finally. Mm -hmm. And meld into stone. Seventh level, you get stone shape and stone skin. Ninth level, you get pass wall and wall of stone. Uh, I don't think that's one of the stronger ones, but it's all right. It's a pretty no, good yeah. it's a song. No, no. Earlier on, it seems a bit better, but uh, but yeah. I do like that lightning bolt. Yeah. That's lightning bolt's always blasty fun. option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Swamp Druid, uh, you get third level, Darkness, Melf's Acid Arrow. Fifth level, nice. Water Walk and Stinking Cloud. Seventh level, Freedom of Movement, Locate Creature. Ninth level, Insect Plague and Scrying. Hey, um, scrying. Some Ooh. decent ones, but I feel like one of the weaker ones overall. Mm -hmm. Weaker spell lists. Uh, no Tidal Wave. It's a real shame. Uh, mm -hmm. Underdark. You get uh, third level, Spider Climb and Web. Fifth level, Gaseous Form, Stinking Cloud. Seventh level, Greater Invisibility, Damn. Stone Shape. Mm. Ninth level, cl Cloud Kill and Insect Plague. So it's basically this just gives you additional spell power, additional spell yeah. versatility. It's a real nice, and obviously some some specific lands are better than others, but you know, pick the one that works best for you. Yeah. Druid's a strong class, yeah. So it's good. It you're going to be good no matter what. Hell yeah. Uh, running through the rest of the abilities, sixth level land stride. Basically, moving through non-magical difficult terrain costs you no extra movement. You can also mm. pass through non-magical plants without being slowed by them and without taking damage from them if they have thorns, spines, or uh -huh. a similar hazard. In addition, you have advantage on saving throws against plants that are magically created or manipulated to impede movement, such as those in cre created by the Entangle spell. Hmm. Well, like spike growth or something. Yeah. 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 Honestly, yeah. should be a ranger ability. <laughs> yep. That, this was this was this was exactly what I was talking about earlier. Should absolutely be a ranger yep. ability. <laughs> yep, 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 it yep. makes it like it. You having the dexterity to escape a plant has nothing to do with being a druid, as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's, that is a dex-based, I'm going to whoop my way out of here. It's got nothing to do with like, ah, oh, please let me go, my spiky, uh, my spiky friend. Yeah, exactly. That's you what know that what I mean? Is. That's effectively what they're saying. Princess, yeah. It's Disney princess, like, nature doesn't want to harm you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. what that means. Wild. Yeah. Uh, what else? Tenth level, you get nature's ward where basically you can't be charmed or frightened by elementals or fey, and you're immune to poison and disease. Uh, depending on the I campaign... I mean immune. Immune. Yeah. That's mm. heavy. Yeah. Not immune to being poisoned, but to poison. Mm. Okay. Although, it depends on how you interpret that. Yeah. It doesn't say poison damage. It just says poison. So... And it says poison and disease. Does it mean the condition, or does it mean, yeah? That's the thing. It, it, disease yeah. is, is like a condition, I guess. I don't know mm. that diseased is a condition, but you can get a disease. Yeah. This just says poison, not poison damage or being poisoned, just poison. So mm. actually, I, don't know. I might be generous with that one and just I say, think I'd all say poison stuff. Yeah, I yeah, think I would say all it. poison. It, it, I think it doesn't come up often enough for me for me to be like, this is a game-breaking ability. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I feel like this is like something that will probably keep you up in like a, a tense situation. And that's just like a fun role play moment. I can't yeah. imagine if this was like friggin fire damage or something. I'd be like, mm, well, mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, fire I'd have to fight this level 10. Like I'd have to fight this. But I feel like poison, it, it tracks for me. Yeah. It track. The idea is like stuff enters your body and your body's like, yeah, I can deal with this. 
I've had worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? I friggin' all these poisonous mushrooms off the floor. Like, it's fine. I, yeah, like, yeah. These are my there's not much that uh, can enter my body that I can't deal with. So, you know what I mean? This actually is like the, this is like the D&D version of, uh, there, in the most recent season of Demon Slayer, there was like a twist that I was like, really? <laughs> Where a, a character claimed to have had immunity because, to, to like poison because they just grew up in a harsh environment. That's it. Not like they tried to. They were just like, okay. I grew up in such and such a place, so I'm immune to poison. It was like, oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> this is that, basically. Uh -huh. This is that. I feel like there's uh, a bit more magical, a bit more of a magical element to this, but, uh, yes. you know, I think it's like you're being so in tune with, like, na natural occur like occurring things like this that, like, your body can, like, feel it coming into it and be like, no, I reject this or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, I choose not to, like, imbibe this into you, my, in my, my, my body. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the body's just like, I have to say no to some things. I'm going to have to say no to this. So put some boundaries up, actually. Oh, no. So. I think I'll pass. Yeah, uh, I'll pass. Healthy boundaries. Pass. Yeah, but for a Feywild campaign, extremely useful. Yes. Extremely uh, useful. And then what's that last uh, And then finally, event? Nature's Sanctuary. Mm. Yeah, 14th level. Creatures of the natural world sense your connection to nature and become hesitant, hesitant to attack you. Uh, basically, whenever you are attacked by a beast or a plant, they have to make a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC. And on a failed save, they have to choose a different target or the attack automatically misses. And if okay. they make it, if they succeed on the save, they're immune to this effect for 24 hours. And they are also aware of this effect before they make their attacks against you. Uh, this is like, honestly, this is like a monster ability. Like this is if they're immune to it for twenty four hours. That sounds like a lot of different monster abilities. Mm. Uh, do I think this is useful? No, not really. Yeah, you, I was at this say. level, you're you're not going to find a lot of beast or plants at fourteenth. Fourteenth level. level. Yeah, you that's know? the big thing for me. Uh, nearly yeah. anything is going to be at second level. Yes, second level. Yes, that's that's pretty good. And it's not like that's it's just good. it's not like it's saying it won't hit you or it can't hit you. I feel like if it was if that was the, if, I think this ability should be at fourteenth level. This ability should be like beasts just straight up won't attack you unless yeah, they are definitely. like trained or like possessed or something. Do you know what I mean? If they are just like yeah. naturally occurring beasts in the wild, they just straight up will not attack you. That or whenever like... a beast or plant attacks you, you can force it to make a saving throw or become mm. charmed by you. Yeah, something like that. Absolutely. But like just it might not attack you. This is like Sanctuary, but still not as good. Because I was going to say, just cast Sanctuary. I mean, I don't think it's available in the Druid spell list, but still, Someone I, I mean, I, have when it. it is available, <laughs> I still don't use Sanctuary. So <laughs> yeah. the, the shade at Sanctuary right now. It's just not great. Um, I like Sanctuary. Well, okay. sadly, let's let's talk. <laughs> on, let's let's move away from some eh, okay abilities to some primo yeah. abilities oh, because yeah. we're gonna move. Well, let me let me let oh, me yeah. give a quick summation of Circle of the Land. Go for it. I think it's a very solid subclass. I don't think okay. it's amazing. I think natural recovery is pretty tasty. Some of those circle spells are real real good. Basically everything that comes after that is kind of eh. Although Nature's Ward can be really good depending on the campaign. Landstride it is very situational but can be nice. Ultimately, mm. I would say a very good class with a pretty decent to solid subclass. That's yeah. how I would rate mm. that particular. Nice. But uh, we've spoken about this a little bit. Uh, we're going to move away from the land and up towards the moon as the Circle of yes. the Moon no. Druid is next. Um, these uh, druids of, of the Circle of the Moon are fierce guardians of the wilds. Um, and uh, they th their order gathers under the full moon and shares news and trade trades warnings. Um, 
so yeah, I guess this is like a very kind of like this is like a, a bit more of a primal uh, uh, circle, I believe. It's a mm-hmm. it's your lycanthropy. Yeah, your werewolves, your yeah, kind of anything that draws power from the moon, your tides. You know, it's a bit more of a kind of wild, a literal wild seeming uh, uh, shape, if you will. Mm. Um, <laughs> wild semen. <laughs> I also heard wild semen. Yeah, I'm okay. Sorry okay. about I, it. I but... said shape, but yep, that's fine. It's my own fault. I mean, yeah. I lingered too long. Uh, <laughs> So you get combat wild shape at level two, uh, which means you can use wild shape as a bonus action. Bonus. Damn. Uh, additionally, so much better. Yes, whilst you are transformed into wild shape, you can use your bonus action to expend a spell slot and gain one d8 of hit points per level of the spell slot ex- expended. That mm-hmm. e- e- already that is that takes it from a half decent ability to a pre like a really good ab- ability. Bonus action is mm-hmm. huge. Because it means that you can just do way more that turn, that initial turn. Uh, again, like if you're a Jaguar or something, you want to go for that surprise attack, all of that stuff, like you can still get a solid attack in there. You don't have to plan this stuff ahead of the combat. And I do think the ability to do something with your spells whilst you are in wild shape probably probably yeah. helps you in a really clutch situation. You know, where you need to stay yeah. up that little bit longer, you need to get someone, you need to do something. Probably really, really does lend a hand. So I think that's pretty cool. <clears throat> Then you get circle forms. The rights of your circle grant you the ability to transform into more dangerous animal forms. Starting at second level, you can use your wild shape to transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as one. Woo! From second so level. You can turn, now, that's see, now so that's good. a combat right yep. there. Yep. That's you that's can bonus. So that's basically rage. Bonus you action can turn brown into bear. A bear as a bonus. Action. Bonus action brown bear. Wild. You can ignore the and max CR column. HP do they have? Uh, what's the sorry? Hit points? Brown bears, for the record, have 34, 34 hit 34. points. <sighs> yeah. So you can just give yourself, as a bonus action, 34 more hit points. Which, if we're being, if we're being, if you if you drop out of it, you drop, you go back into it again, that, over the course exactly. of a battle, is 68 hit points at level two. Yeah. Yeah. That, yes. that. I'm reconsidering that is, some things that is, about my That is barbarian stuff. level. <laughs> that is beyond barbarian levels of sustainability at, at, at such a low level. Like, there is, I don't think yes. anything comes close to being able to absorb that much damage at second level I, that yeah. I can think of. Unless you're, like, no, a barbarian with rage who's got resistances to the exact kind of damage that they're dealing. I, even then, I think it's st- no, this is still going to win. Like, 68 yeah. plus your hit points? Wild. Starting yeah. at sixth level, you can transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high uh, as your druid level divided by three rounded down. So oh, that's math. So at six, you get a uh, <laughs> challenge level two. Uh, mm-hmm. I, let me see. At ninth, yeah. you ninth, get challenge rating three. three. Yes. So you basically max you out four. at six. You, yeah. But to get up a CR6, you are yeah. you are messing around with some serious things at CR6. Yeah. Like some serious, yeah. serious things. Then you get Primal Strike at level 6. Uh, your attacks in any beast form count as magical for the purposes of overcoming damage and immunity. This is massive. Oh, yeah. Again, Barbarian Moon Druids slap so Yo. hard. <laughs> like, the, yeah. like, if you could rage whilst doing this, like, get to, like, a CR3. I don't know what, like, a, a, a decent CR3 is now. I'll find you a CR3. Find me a decent CR3 mm-hmm. that you could get to ninth level, right? So let's say you're, a, I don't know, uh, uh, you're three levels of Barbarian, so, and you're nine levels of Druid, so you're 12-ish, you're level 12. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so an Ankylosaurus, an Ankylosaurus is a CR3. How many hit points that do we have? That is 68 hit points. 68, 68 hit points, points, which is raging, so you can effectively think yeah. about that as doubled unless you're fighting something that's magical, Basically. right? Unless you're a totem, in which <laughs> yeah, you're well, potentially yeah, still yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that is whatever. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about temp hit points of well over 100. All of your attacks are magical. And you get all the extra damage bonuses of rage, like the extra plus twos and all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely wild. Yeah. So good. So, so good. It's very, and that's not it turns even you where into it like ends. the ultimate tank. That's not even yeah. where it ends. This is what's wild. That's not even where it ends. Uh, so you also get circle forms. Uh, so uh, the rights of your circle grant you the ability to transform into more dangerous animal forms. Oh, right. I think I've actually already kind of said this one. Yes, I have. Uh, oh, it's just, it's reiterating what it was saying at, at the end sure, of the last sure. uh, thing. So, but level mm. 10, yeah. you can expend a wild shape at the same time. Uh, uh, two uses of wild. Two uses wild shape, sorry. At the same time, you can expend two uses of the wild shape at the same time and transform into an elemental. An air Ooh. elemental, an earth elemental, fire elemental, or a water elemental. I just want to throw out real, real quick. They have 114 hit points. Yeah. The water elemental. Wow. I don't know if they have... Let me see if they have differing fire... Uh, I think water elemental's got the most. Maybe Actually, maybe the earth elemental actually has the most. Let me check real quick. Mm -hmm. I think 126. I think 126 yeah. hit points. Hot damn. At level yeah. 10, you can add 126 hit points. If you then have three levels of Barbarian and you can rage, <laughs> you then have resistance to damage. Not to mention that as an Earth Elemental, you also have a ton of resistances. You really yep. get tanky. As, a, as, a, as yeah. a Moon Druid, you get real, real tanky. Um, yes. Now, it is worth saying, though, mm. that does use both of your uses of wild shape. So yes. you are sacrificing both uses of wild but shape. But you get your wild shape uses at the back of a short rest. Yes. So, so it does So I don't even think it matters that yeah, much. Tuck it out with a big battle. Have a nap afterwards. Exactly. Have a nap afterwards yeah. and you are so fine. Like, this is for a spellcaster... To suddenly become this tanky at like yeah. a switch. It changes you from a spellcaster. To, yeah, exactly. Especially at higher <laughs> levels. You just start to move away from being a spellcaster at all. Yep. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Uh, and like uh, like some of the abilities of like these elementals is truly ridiculous. And what's even what I think is e even better about that option is if you're in a situation where you know you are up against a particular type of element, this makes you an absolute monster. Mm, like if you come totally. up against a fire dragon, an ice dragon, mm -hmm. or something like this, mm -hmm. you can just give yourself resistance to their most powerful weapon and a ton of extra damage. Uh, yeah. a, a ton of extra hit points. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool. Then... And this, I actually generally think is quite a nice little ability like, like to cap it off, because I also think you've got so many primo abilities here, it doesn't matter if this one's not the best, but I think it is pretty cool. Level 14, you uh, can basically cast Alter Self at will. So you can uh, oh. subtly change yourself, uh, so you can give yourself the ability to like breathe underwater, you can, uh, all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Basically, yeah. all those little things that you might have had to use a wild shape for, you now no longer have to do it because you've got aquatic yeah. adaption. You can change your look, and uh, you, I think you can do kind of effectively a version of like disguise self. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, but better. And you also get like you, it changes your physical form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, you also get natural thing. weapons mm -hmm. as well as an option. So uh, yeah. I think that's a it's 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 not the best fourteenth level ability, but it's very very solid. And given what you get beforehand, I don't think anyone's complaining. <laughs> yeah. 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 
So Agreed. that's yeah. that's the Moon Druid. Uh, so in summary, okay. I would say, uh, ouch, uh, this the Moon Druid yeah, will yeah. hurt uh, people uh, mm -hmm. and things yes. because I think it is a very very solid thing, and especially especially paired with something like a Barbarian, you will you will cook. You will, yeah. uh, you will be cooking. Even a single level of Barbarian. Yeah, just, just to get you. rage. Just to get rage. Just get that yeah. rage, yeah. But then again, honestly, just level 20, you get unlimited wild shapes. So you might as well just not multi-class. Yeah, true. Because oh, that's, yeah, that's unlimited true. wild shapes are better. <laughs> like, I'll just be honest. Yeah, you don't want to miss uh, out on that. You can turn into unlimited woolly mammoths. I would say uh, th this is the only thing. This is the like if you did one-on-one -on -one straight up, this, this easily beats like a Zealot Barbarian, which is wild. This yeah. is wild. Like, you, all you have to do is drop a Zealot Barbarian to zero hit points and then just fly away. And as soon as it, like, stops being angry, it's dead. <laughs> like, yeah. this is one of the few things that I think could quite comfortably beat a Zealot Barbarian, which is ridiculous because it literally can't be killed. Like, it's, it, yeah. like, so that's how good this, potentially, this druid could be. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I, I think the consensus, uh, and still to this day, mm. I think the consensus best druid subclass and one of the strong, especially at higher levels, one of the strongest subclasses in D and D. Like if you watch, if you watch a Critical Role, their last battle royale was a foregone conclusion. At going in, they knew Keyleth would win because she was a level <laughs> oh, twenty. Yeah. Like they openly are saying, like, well, how are we? I don't how are we supposed to do this? this? Because she can just turn into a. You basically have to do enough damage to kill Keyleth outright. That's the only way you can Kill do Keyleth it. Kill Keyleth and the, the that's wild what I mean. shape. The, the, you do enough damage. You, realistically, you need to be pulling out like hard one levels of damage where like you're doing like 250 something damage in like a single turn so that you can take yeah. out all of the, the hit points of the wild shape and all of Keyleth's hit points. And honestly, I think even hard one would probably struggle. You need because yeah. that's like you you, need, I think you need hard, even hard one. You need to be you need to be you need to be kissing like three hundred, I reckon, probably to yeah. like comfortably I mean, take out. You a level need to 20. throw her off of another cliff. Is what you have to do. That's the only <laughs> way she can be killed. But that's then it. she'll just turn into a friggin' bird. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she you gotta, not, you gotta put her. You gotta you gotta somehow render her unconscious or restrained. Sleep. Yeah. Drop her off of another cliff. Sleep and then drop her off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't take uh, down those hit, hit hypnotic pattern. Hypnotic. Oh, hypnotic yeah. pattern. Oh. Mooty, Mooty Quoba yes. could kill. Everyone kill Keyleth. Level uh, twenty Keyleth gets killed by friggin' Mooty Quoba. Wild. Um, <laughs> cool. So uh, yeah. we've done land. We've done the moon, and now we're mm -hmm. shooting for the stars. Live. Oh yes, we are. We're gonna be us? super quick about this. Here. Well, we're gonna do our best. So stars. <laughs> uh, basically, the uh, the druid. It, it's uh, they see how the stars interact with the world, and that's where they get the source of their power and stuff like that. Um, so at second level, when you become a star druid, uh, you get a star map. Um, so if you created a star chart as part of your heavenly studies, it's a tiny object that can serve as a spellcasting focus for your druid spell. So that's your spellcasting focus sorted. Uh, you determine its form by rolling on the star map table. Or by choosing one the star map forms real quick uh, a scroll covered with depictions of constellations seems about right mm -hmm. um a stone tablet with fine holes drilled through it um a speckled owlbear hide tooled with raised marks it's quite cute um a collection of maps bound in an ebony cover Ooh, spooky a <laughs> crystal that projects starry patterns when placed before a light i like that one mm. um glass discs that depict constellations these are all really cool um yeah. so you use that when you're holding this map, you have the following benefits. You know the Guidance Cantrip? So that's pretty cool. Um, you have the Guiding Bolt spell prepared. Uh, it counts as a Druid spell for you, and it doesn't count against the number of spells you already have prepared. So free Guiding Bolts prepared. Boom. Guiding Bolts, well, it's fun. It's real fun. It's very good. 46. It's a good one. You can't mess with that. 
You can't mess you with You really that. can't. 4d6 radiant as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You, can, you can do a lot of stuff. Yes, please. You love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can cast Guiding Bolt without expending a spell slot. You can do so a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So, nice. yeah, that's, you just have that. Nice. Yes. Delicious. Yeah. Um, also, you know, if you lose the map, you can perform a one-hour ceremony to magically create a replacement, like a familiar kind of thing. Um, this ceremony can be performed during a short rest or a long rest, and it destroys the previous map. So wherever that's gone, it's destroyed. Um, also at second level, you have starry form as a bonus action. Uh, you can expand a use of your wild shape, uh, feature to take on a starry form. So this is a nice additional way to use your wild shape, mm. which is pretty cool, mm. uh, rather than transforming into a beast. So you have the option, I believe that's what I'm picking up on. Um, do you have the option or is it just, is it, what do you think? Uh, you can, uh, I think you can turn into any of these, no? Yeah, I would hope. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can choose into yeah, any, yeah. you can choose you any can, of these. You get yeah. to choose. It yeah, just any, any of these three, yeah. you can you can turn into. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Okay, uh, yeah. So in your starry form, you retain your same uh, your game statistics, but your body becomes luminous. Your joints glimmer like stars. Oh, cool! And glowing lines connect them on as if they're a star chart. Uh, this form sheds bright light in a ten foot radius and dim light for an additional ten feet, so you can just light up dark for your party, which is cool. This form lasts for 10 minutes. It ends early if you dismiss it. No action required. If you're incapacitated, die or use this feature again. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you're dead, you can't be glowing. Um, <laughs> the glowing corpse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where is she? I stepped... Oh, nope, there she is. There she is. Um, <laughs> whenever you assume your starry form, choose which of the following constellations uh, glimmer on your body. Uh, your choice gives you certain benefits with the form. So you have archer. Constellation of an archer appears on you when you activate this form. And as a bonus action on your subsequent turns, while it lasts, you can make a ranged spell attack, uh, hurling a luminous arrow that, to a, that, a, that targets one creature within 60 feet of you. On hit, the attack deals radiant damage. Um, that is 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier. So it's just a free, you become a little ranger guy for a while. It's nice. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Not bad. Especially if you've got high wisdom, um, if it's higher than your decks or whatever, you know, for your other yeah. stuff that you're using. Pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Works. Uh, you have Chalice, a constellation of life-giving, uh, a life-giving goblet appears on you whenever you cast a spell using cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points to your to a creature where uh, you or another creature within 30 feet of you can regain hit points equal to 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier so you you get some extra healing extra healing. Bad. can be very tasty and helpful mm. yeah especially with you know how uh, uh it, it can be up or down when you're trying to heal someone like i i yeah i, I used a healing potion on myself the other day and i rolled uh, two ones on a d4 yeah um so i just got some like four hit points back uh, and I believe that I'm, I, I'm. Am I reading this right and thinking that whenever you cast, uh, d- d- uh, yeah, you can basically choose like an additional creature to heal. So this basically yeah. gives you the option of like, yeah. if you've got like two party members down, for instance, you could get both of them mm. back up at the same time. Yeah, you healing word. You, you healing word and bring two people up. Or, or like give yourself yeah. a little bit extra, like top yourself up while you're healing some, he- someone else, which could eliminate a very <laughs> tough choice that you have to make. <laughs> yes. I know I've been there. Um, <laughs> Um, yes, that's pretty good. Uh, you also have Dragon. A constellation of wise dragons appears on you when you make an intelligence or wisdom check or a constitution saving throw to maintain a concentration spell. Um, you can treat a roll of nine or lower on the d20 as a 10. So that's Yay. pretty good. So you just Reliable automatically succeed on mm-hmm. concentration checks that aren't above 20 damage. Yeah. yeah, so basically with all your concentration spells, you go into this form and then you, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah very sure. nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. Yes, uh, indeed, indeed. Um, so if I move on to sixth level, you have Cosmic Omen. Uh, whenever you finish a long rest, you can consult your star map, uh, star map for omens. When you do so, you roll a die. Until you finish your next long rest, you gain access to a special reaction based um, on whether you rolled an even or an odd number on the die. So that's pretty... I love stuff like this. Mm. I love like reaction things. I, oh, I anything know, that gives you reactions very, is... Yeah, Primo. Jesper, Jesper is very yes. pro reactions. I'm pro uh, reactions. Absolutely. Nothing it's better artistic. than the look on your DM's face when they when you go, like, "Oh, I can use my reaction." They're like, "What? No, exactly. uh, what? <laughs> oh, wow, you do get those, don't you?" Shit. Oh, okay. Damn it. Um, <laughs> Um, and so it's like a combination of just like, um, yeah, a fun reaction thing, but also like uh, a portent dice kind of. Um, so you have wheel when you roll an even number. Whenever a creature you can see within 30 feet of you is about to make an attack roll or saving th a saving throw or an ability check, you can use your reaction to roll a d6 and add the number to the total rolled. It's very so, nice. So yeah, if you think that might just like their thing might just be under a hit or like passing, you can just give them a help, a help, help them out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, a little it's like bardic a bardic inspiration. inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, cheeky yeah. bardic. Yeah. You exactly. said that, um, that was literally exactly the same time. <laughs> well done, us. We've done this. For, yeah. We've done this for too long. <laughs> <laughs> With the same inflection. <laughs> it literally was. I Jeremy didn't even realize that you'd said it, and then I was like, I'm pretty sure my my audio echoed then. <laughs> In American, the echo is you. Yeah. <laughs> um. You also have, instead, you have Woe, Odd. So the opposite, basically. Whenever a creature within 30 feet of you makes an attack, roll a saving throw or an ability check, you use the reaction to roll a d6 and subtract that number from the total roll. So you you get a cutting words kind yeah. of thing, yeah. basically. It's very tasty. Yeah. It's very, yeah. very tasty. Mm. Uh, you Delicious. can use this reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. I prefer for the short rest, but... I'm I'm okay yeah. with it. It doesn't feel like so yeah. broken that I would be like, nah, you, yeah, I feel like you could do the short rest, but yeah, that's fine. I'm not. Yeah. I'm nitpicking. Yeah, I'm nitpicking. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, and especially well, as you get to higher levels, I guess you got a better proficiency bonus, so that'll help. But yeah, true. That's true. Um, yeah. Um, Twinkling mm -hmm. Constellations is at 10th level. Um, the constellations of your starry form improve. Oh, th finally. The one, um, <laughs> the 1d8 of the archer and the chalice becomes 2d8 while the dragon is active. You have a flying speed of 20 feet and can hover. Yeah. Become a tiny little dragon. Nice. Kind of. Nice. <laughs> uh, moreover, at the start of each of your turns while you're in starry form, you can change which constellation glimmers on your body. So that's pretty good. Ooh, super tasty. That is yeah. fun. Super tasty. Ooh. Yeah, fly up in the air, fire off yeah. some starry arrows, and then before you hit the yeah. hit the ground on the next turn, turn back into the dragon. Back into the dragon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, fly up in the air, kill your buddies and yourself, and then do the dragon. And thing. then yeah, do the dragon. Sounds thing. good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Very nice. Um, yeah, quite like that. Um, and then 14th level, full of stars bursting to the brim with stars while in your starry form you become partially incorporeal giving you resistance to bludgeoning piercing and slashing damage 14th level barbarian rage nice uh, mm. yeah and, uh, knee that's... deep in stars knee deep in the stars waiting oh, can't move stars. can't move for stars <laughs> for stars i can't i can't i i can't every time i say the phrase knee deep in anything i think of jay from in betweeners yeah it's Betweeners not good <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's not good you know what i mean it's not oh, a good dear. phrase to to drop in there. uh what's your assessment funny to americans of the like, uh, <laughs> uh what's the what's your assessment of the star uh the circle of stars uh subclass Liv? 
Um, I quite like it. I like it so much that if I were inclined to play a, a druid, I might think of, of playing this one. Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe. If. Um, this is a big yeah. if, though, Liv. This we'll is a see. Exactly. Who could say? Who I mean, say? I If we could. ever do another season of actual play, and in ever. fact you <laughs> think of doing a druid... Yeah, we may not just ever do any more actual play. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ever again. Yeah. We peaked. But if we ever did more... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was might. a Kevin Costner thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was it. We couldn't go better <laughs> than that. So. Better Unless than we're going to do a sequel to that, then maybe, maybe yeah. that's what we do. Um, <laughs> but I will say that even though this is, uh, yeah, so this is really good. I like the, you know, it's it going to buff your spell casting in a bunch of different versatile ways. Mm -hmm. Love that. Um, that's awesome. I am still like, oh, oh, circle of of, of the moon though. Mm. Oh, it's mm. very good. It's very very tasty. Yeah, you yeah know what I think would make yeah. this really 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 good. Mm. If you could use it by expending mm. spell slots, and mm. you could use it while in wild shape. Yeah, so like an additional feature for your wild shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, I think that'd be good. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty good. That would be really good. I don't, I don't think that would be too broken. Is, still... I honestly don't think mm. that would be too broken. Or like yeah. you could do it, like you could expend two uses and basically like combo it, but you have to do it at like the same time. Yeah. Or something like mm. that. Um, I, I don't yeah. think that would honestly be that broken. Uh, given it only lasts for 10 minutes, so it's not like you could do it for a whole lot of like outside of combat stuff. Like, you know, I, I think, yeah, I don't think that would be too broken giving a, a D8 to something like a D8 mm -hmm. of ranged or something. I don't, yeah, I think that would be fine. Hmm. Um, and Guiding Bolt is, is a nice little uh, addition, yeah. I think. So, uh, and it's, hey, look, it's packed with flavor. If it's nothing else, it's packed yeah. with flavor and there's a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun here. Definitely. The only thing I would think, why you don't get resistance to radiant damage, I will never know. Uh, that is something I would, yeah. if I was a player, I'd be like, hey, look, can I have resistance to radiant damage? It's very unlikely to come up, but if it does, <laughs> I feel yeah. like it and, feels unfair. I should never fight celestials, please. Yeah, we'll uh, never cause... fight celestials, <laughs> but like, yeah. surely I should get I mean... resistance here. I guess com combine it with like an Asimar and then you yeah, yeah, then you find. Um, yeah. Well, there you go, druids, everyone. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs>
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Right there, uh, halflings, I do believe we've got someone else coming to the Shire today. Uh, Jeremy, have you put the uh, the, the, um, the pot on? A bit of, yeah, bit of tea? I've, I'm smoking the pot and I've got the kettle going too. No. Uh, right. Okay. Well, no. I meant. I meant as in put the kettle on, but not. Not. But that's fine. Uh, Liv. Liv. Are you? Uh, are you out Liv's of the shower the, yet? Liv? Liv's got the bomb. Oh, hello there. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. No, put the bomb away, um, Liv. We've got no, guests. Oh sorry. I was. I was. I was doing it secretly in the shower so that no one would know. Uh, but it's, uh... <laughs> sorry. I just noticed it was missing, and I, I assumed. <laughs> yeah. You know. I, yeah. <laughs> well, would you look at that? There'd be someone at the door. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank God for that, I'll say. Yes. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Maybe uh, should I get the here? door? Should I let them in? Please, Jeremy. Please. Okay, okay here we go. Save us. Insert creaky door sound effect. <laughs> well, would you look at that? It's it's rich from Hatchling Ooh. Games. Look Hello. at this. Hello. Hello, Good Rich. afternoon, there, my fellow Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a pleasure Yar. to meet you. I don't know why I went to pirate then as soon as you actually did West Country. Very strange. Um, but ho- hello, Rich. Welcome to the show. Uh, very excited to get to talk to you today um, about all of the very cool things that you have uh, coming up. We have, at the time of recording, uh, you are launching a Kickstarter tomorrow at 3 p.m. Um, unfortunately, this won't be coming out today, which is uh, which would have been great. But um, uh, so th- by the time that this airs, it will already be out. So please tell us all about what you're up to. Yeah, so we're launching, uh, which is a campaign setting called Overalls. It's for our core game, which was Inspirals, which we uh, funded a couple of years ago, uh, and it just arrived in hardcover. Uh, so that's our core game. So Overalls is a campaign setting for the core game. Um, it's an all-ages TTRPG, um, and it teaches uniquely teaches sign language, uh, BSL and ASL. So so cool. So is it bi- so is that part of it built into the mechanics? It it, it it teaches you language as you progress or as you play through the game, and is that like a specific? Um, um, like it was that a specific part of the inventing the game for you was that to, it was actually to teach it as opposed to just supporting the use of it yeah so it's completely integrated within the system um, it's very easy to pick up and like, you start from the alphabet all the way to like numbers uh, grammar um, and you have like uh, sort of sort of um, teaching tools within it like a word search you do with sign language instead of letters um, mm-hmm. and you go all the way up to like having basic conversations so it's like a kind of a crash course uh, sort of equivalent to a, like a, a basic level one in sign language. Uh, it's completely integrated within the system, wow. so y- it mainly used through spell casting. So we have a thing called shaping, which mm-hmm. is our version of sign language within the game, mm-hmm. and you use the different elements, so fire, earth, air, and water. And you do start off with finger spelling the elements, and then you move up to the signs for those elements. And then you start, you know, like using it off the, off the table even. So like when you come to a, a play session, you will have like, like a certain amount of greetings that you do within players. You learn about deaf awareness. So like uh, instead of like clapping to celebrate a victory, you'd, you'd wave because obviously clapping is, is kind of redundant for the deaf community. Uh, and things like that. So it sort of, sort of like organically teaches you 
sign language as you play the role-playing game. That is so cool. Wow. That is really, That's really, really, cool. really awesome. And I, I, I just want to throw out as well, like I don't know whether this is um, something, whether you've had experience with it, or I'd love to know what is the, is there a specific inspiration for wanting to teach through this game? Yeah, there's two inspirations. So, so Hatchling's games sort of like um, arrive from uh, running a team group uh, of the Dungeon Dragons basically in my local community. Um, that was the first inspiration, and all the teens in that group said, you know, they encouraged me to like, design my own thing, and they said, come on, get on with it, you know, stop stop playing <laughs> other pre-written modules and, and write your own game, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll give it a go. Bullied. Give it a go. Bullied yeah. by these, yeah. And the, the other element, uh, which is they combined in the end, was that I've been working for a deaf, uh, deaf charity for 12 years now. Uh, we support people with independent living, uh, and I've obviously learned sign language through that job. And I thought, well, I woke up one morning literally and I thought, well, what if I combine the two kind of like passions? So like my day job, which I really love, and obviously role playing and, and working with young people. Mm. And it all amalgamated into kind of Inspiras, which is our core game. And the rest is history, really. <laughs> oh. I, I, I honestly love it. I just think what an amazing way to, uh, to like integrate. I think especially if like I'm thinking of one of the big things that immediately makes me think is like families where maybe there is like, one deaf member of the mm -hmm. family and like what an amazing thing that they can kind of learn and share especially if you know maybe they don't yet uh you know can't sort of uh, speak or, or sign fluently uh you know i think that that seems like a, i'm i i gave me like gives you like goosebumps mm -hmm. like thinking about what an amazing shared experience you know people will be able to have now because of the existence of this uh game and this this setting i think it's really really cool it's great because it's, it's in schools at the moment as well it's been used in in schools in the u.s and the uk at the moment uh uh, as part of the actual, you know, curriculum and stuff, as part of their actual like day teaching. Uh, wow! And this so is Inspirals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the first game. Yeah, so it's, that's kind of a core game. Overalls is a campaign setting. Um, ah. But the great thing about the Kickstarter is that everyone who backs Overalls will get the first game for free on PDF. Oh, that's wow. awesome. Just to, to clarify, so is Overiles as a campaign setting designed specifically to teach people sign language, but Inspiriles is just a game that integrates it, or are both games designed to also incorporate the teaching of sign language? So, so Inspiriles is the core game, and that, that has all the deaf awareness and the, the basic sign language, the alphabet, numbers, mm -hmm. beginner grammar, like sign, you know, the shapes of signing and different techniques. Right, oh, so Overiles um, is um, it's basically a different setting, but it expands on the sign language learning. So, so we have a, oh. so in the first game we had oh. shaping, and in the sequel and in, in, in the campaign setting we have a thing called feathering, which is basically you use sign language to bond with like this giant heron bird that you fly between floating islands. Amazing. And you can sign you Whoa. can sign in midair. So when you're with your companions, if you imagine you're twenty feet away from them or twenty meters flying through the clouds or against a storm or something you can use sign language midair to communicate obviously because you can't hear each other mm. so it's kind of against it integrated within the system and the law that is really really cool so it, it, i mean one I mean, could you tell us a little bit about uh Inspirals and like the kind of the campaign setting from a sort of like a law and fantasy perspective like i'd love to know like what uh, if there was any inspirations there or just like what about the you know maybe some of your favorite things about the world as yeah, well yeah so it's kind of like it's aesthetically it's kind of inspired by the legend of zelda series which is one of my favorite video game series ever um and specifically like breath of the wild in terms of visuals uh, so it's slightly cell-shaded mm. cell and uh, like very appealing and, and uh, to young people. 
Um, and the other influences, like those 1980s, like Jim Henson films, you know, like The Labyrinth and um, The Dark oh. Crystal and Never Ending Story, all those mm. with all the puppets in them. Those are the kind of like the aesthetic uh, plays on it. But the other, the other big influence is like Celtic mythology. Um, I grew up loving it, you know, like the, the, the legends of Arthur and Guinevere and, and, and the sword and the stone and, and Merlin and all that mm. lot. So um, <clears throat> that's completely um, what it's based on. So your characters in the game are teenagers and they're the descendants of Arthur and Guinevere, like, you know, way down the line, obviously. So, um, yeah, so you play these uh, Pendragons, the teenagers, and you go uh, to the island and you've got to basically do these, all these, like, um, tests, basically. Hmm. Uh, and you've got earned belief, which there's two opposing energies, there's belief and disbelief. And one's like a positive energy and one's very negative. Uh, there's no good and evil in the game. Uh, there's just bad deeds that people do. Uh, uh, so it's to do more to do with perspective. So I don't know if you've ever seen the film Princess Mononoke, the animated mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. That's the, quite a big inspiration because it dealt with kind of like the idea of greyness, you know, like mm -hmm. from different people's perspectives, like evil and good can be seen different ways. So that's kind of the idea behind it. So, uh, but if you, if you, if there's bloodshed or there's like murder or anything like that, any really heinous kind of act, then you earn your disbelief or disbelief happens in the world. Mm. Um, and yeah, you basically go through doing a belief barrier, which is kind of like a, a, like a test, a group cooperative test using the elements. And the other one is a disbelief battle where it's like kind of like a duel with a, a, a creature or, or, a, or a person spreading disbelief. Huh. The idea. Okay. That, that's, that's pretty really cool. cool. It's very interesting because looking at the art, uh, I can see the uh, I can see the Princess Mononoke influence. Yeah, uh, and like as well as just looking at the the uh, just looking at like the armor and uh, of like the individuals, I would say some of like the the uh, King Arthur influence uh, and like the idea of like castles and everything in the sky and uh, it's really yeah it's. I, it, you, I can tell how well synthesized the various influences are into the design and aesthetic of the game. I, I did just want to ask as well about the, just the mechanics and um, is there, do you feel like there's been, a, there was a different process for you in creating mechanics specifically to do with sort of a very real world language or with a very kind of like specific purpose of teaching as well? Cause I feel like that in my head, I'm, when I'm thinking about mechanics, I feel like the just even the aspect of trying to teach someone mm. as something as they're going adds a whole new layer of like what you would need to consider about those mechanics. Is that how how was that process for for you? Well, it's probably a little bit foolhardy because <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, quite a lot, quite a large element is the um, is the is the fictional storytelling element. So, in for instance, for instance, our character development and character creation is in entirely um like almost narratively uh, mm. driven there's no there's no mechanics for story to uh, sorry character creation so it's all to do with um listening to the narrator and then like mm. picking your name your pronouns uh your, mm. your element of choice your kind of items that, that, that mean something to you uh, and the thing we're most proud of with character creation is this thing called the sanctuary it's a sanctuary is this place that is um is like a manifestation of your real world, like a place that made you feel really comfortable, like secure, kind of like, and, and really enjoy, you really enjoy. So it could be like a your grandfather's like woodworking workshop or like a swimming pool or something mm. that you felt really comfortable in and, and gave you a lot of uh, kind of like uh, good vibes. And when you come through to the Fabe world, which is like, you stay in this questing cabin and your room is basically like a complete like replica 
of the oh. space. Whoa. So like, whenever you stay there, you go and where it's like your hub area, whenever you stay there, you kind of feel all these amazing vibes. And it's, you're such a some, some people, some of the kids that have played it, play test it, have like these, like this beachside kind of like chalet with like, like, you know, like all these amazing things around them. Like wow, shell collections that's, and like yeah. crabs. These kids got style. Oh, a beachside yeah, chalet. chalet. <laughs> yeah. I'd have been like, like a... if I was a teenager, <laughs> I'd have been like, I want a dungeon, mate. Like, I want a grimy kind of horror house, please. Yeah, it's like something really <laughs> dumb yeah. and unpractical. I know I would like a beachside chalet, please. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'll and I'll take my lemonade on ice. Thank you. <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. Thank you very much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i love that mechanic i love that mechanic mm. so much because it really it really makes people think about like what a really lovely space it is and it obviously doesn't have to be from their real kind of background it doesn't have mm. to be any sort of like true mm. memory mm -hmm. but that's the beauty of role playing you know you can come up with these kind of like unique spaces that you want to that you want to stay in you know and, and pack it with anything you like and yeah, it I extends to items as well so. i think that's really really fun so you get to pick five items mm. yeah but these items must have some sort of like significant value to you or some mm. sort of like, uh, you know, uh, some, some, some sort of your character's background, basically, that, that means something to them. Yeah. Uh, That's really do they then have a, a, a mechanical impact on like the adventure itself? Those yeah, so they, you upgrade these items. So they, so they start off, this, it could be anything from like a pocket knife or like a bandana or like a pair of glasses. But as you go through, they get kind of like um, fused with magic, elemental magic. And they become upgraded, basically. So it affects okay. your it affects your mechanical rolls, basically your three d six rolls, essentially. Okay. So okay. it's a d six based game. Yeah, three d six. Every what you were talking about earlier, everything is to do with like making it accessible for young people. Hmm. So like uh, people as young as thirteen years old have actually run game sessions because oh, awesome. because awesome. they're called they're called Grail guides, and basically they um the adventure setup or the way to create an adventure. It's so simple. It's based on like six archetypes. So like sword, shield, smart, survival, uh, social. Mm. And um, and you create an adventure with those like archetypal headings. Uh, and it just, it just impacts. It's so easy to create one, like a quest. It was essentially like an adventure. Nice. I was going to ask um, other kind of, it sounds like you're gearing it towards young people. Well, well, you are. But like, were there any other kind of considerations that you had in mind when you were making this film, like gearing it towards young people? So it's easy to run, easy to play. Um, anything else? Yeah, beginners are the same. Beginners are the same yeah. as young people. You know, it's, it's very accessible mm. to beginners. It's got mm. sections on how to role play, for instance, and, and like and oh, what the dice okay. mean. So like, it's very, very like low entry, but... Um, people with even experienced role players really enjoy it, you know, because you can add layers and layers and layers because essentially it's mm. about the world building. Yeah. Uh, just because the mechanics are rules light doesn't mean that you can't add so many dimensions to it. Well, I think um, that people do that with TTRPGs, you know, naturally anyway, yeah. you know, uh, and I think that m I don't think I've come across one person yet who has ever gone like, I run modules and modules alone and I've never homebrewed a thing in my life. <laughs> like nearly every single person I've ever met has been like, oh, you know, I, I really loved this, but I couldn't quite find like this thing that I was mm. looking for, or I really mm. wanted this monster or I really wanted this item. And so I think that there is a natural kind of uh, dispensation or whatever you know whatever the right word is uh you know to want to um you know uh uh, uh yeah like put your own little stamp on the game yeah yeah, yeah i completely agree with that i completely agree with that. so i think like i think like people complain about Dungeons dragons costing so much money to buy all the books 
but really if you're honest with it, if you're honest you just need to buy the essentials kit yeah <laughs> yeah yeah barely like, i mean <laughs> you, can, you can go through that you can go through that and you can learn the ropes and then you can you can just homebrew from then on really yeah. dyson paper Dyson paper. That's basically. Yeah, 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 you'll be fine. Um, Yeah, I completely agree. Um, So please, before we obviously sort of round any of this up, tell us a little bit about this Kickstarter. Um, What's uh, the What's it for? What's the goal? Uh, And you know, what maybe are some of the things that people can uh, kind of ways people can help and and what they they sort of might expect uh, uh, from that. Yeah, so overall's releases tomorrow or launches tomorrow, not not obviously through the stream, but so that's the twenty fourth by the of, yeah. of, of, of February. So if you're listening to this, that's when it went live. <laughs> yes, um, and uh, yeah, it's basically a campaign setting for Inspirals. Um, you're going to head to the clouds and the floating islands, and there's a new threat. They're sinking slowly towards the the land land, uh, and they they they're threatened to um, destroy it. Basically, uh, you have to kind of clear disbelief from all these islands. Uh, it's kind of like a hex. It's a hex crawl game, really. There's mm. going to be 20 islands designed mm. by by actually 20, hopefully 20 people in the TTRPG community. So, wow. so 10 of them wow. will be from our Discord uh, community, and 10 will be for all, all all ages specialists. So all the people that work on educational games and all ages family friendly games. Uh, and these are some mm. like really close colleagues now that I've built up a community on Twitter. So that's really exciting. Um, and we want about 13,000 to develop the game to the same quality as the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's been an amazing uh, like outreach of support for us on this. Mm. And we want everyone in the community, the gaming community, and you know, all families to be learning sign, be a British sign, American sign language. That's, that's the, the ultimate aim. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to take to schools, we're going to take to community settings, we're going to take to libraries, all sorts of things. I think it's, I think that's, uh, yeah, I really honestly, I, I can't tell you how just like generally like impressed I am that, that you've made a game which teaches sign language. Like, I think <laughs> that's just like, that's just so fucking cool. Um, but even outside of that, I just think it's such a genius move. And, I, you know, I've been speaking to so many people. I've got a, my, literally my best friend uh, um, and he is using it right now. He works in a sort of uh, a school for boys um or for like young people who you know have behavioral issues and things like that and he's playing D with them right now and yeah. like it's and he's like you know he swears blind by how um effective it is for helping you know these these young people kind of like start to understand why you know having a moral compass is important and yeah, you know yeah. uh things like this and and kind of putting things into perspective and you know teaching them empathy and and i think yeah. actually like you're you know you really hit on something here which i think we should be absolutely doing more of which is you know trying to find ways to use this sort of incredible platform which i think ttrpgs are just an incredible way of having shared experience and mm. and kind of dynamic interactions with other humans and do it in a in a, in a very uh potentially a really beneficial way like you know a, a unbelievable work and i i'm just a very 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 cool to have had you on the show and talk about this project uh Thank and, you for and i'm me. Really gonna good. I'm gonna look. I'm looking deep into the eyes of all the halflings that are listening to this. You don't know where I am, but I'm. Li- I am there. In I'm. I'm around you somewhere. I'm looking at you, and I'm going to tell Ooh. you to go and give to this Kickstarter right now. <laughs> terrifying that uh, is, but heartwarming. Terrifying, <laughs> absolutely terrifying. But People I think you're fine. Looking around. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> yeah. looking around right oh. now, and I am there somewhere. You can't see me, but I am there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always with you. 
<laughs> I'm always with you behind your shoulder <laughs> telling you to there. go and uh, 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 give to this Kickstarter. Um, so obviously all the links and everything will be in the description of this episode. Uh, so please uh, just literally scroll down. All you got to do is click the link and you'll find all of the details about this Kickstarter. Um, but for everything else, where can people find you and more of your work, Rich? Because I definitely think that people need to be finding you. Well, the website's hatchlingsgames.co.uk. Perfect. And we, we've got all the information for our products on there and our projects. Um, uh, I do most of my social media on Twitter at HatchlingDM. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a wonderful community on there. Like, it's really, really uh, supportive. And the future aim is to maybe become a actual publishing company mm-hmm. and, and start uh, representing lots of all ages and educational TTRPGs. That's the kind of dream. Yeah, if it's awesome. really successful, then that's what I really want to do. I want to support all my colleagues and, and get their projects to a really amazing, like, uh, professional standard. Mm. Wow. So I think they deserve it. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and I thank you genuinely. I think that the community of TTRPGs is enriched by having people like yourselves who are, you know, uh, finding new ways and, and new things that we can do as a community to support one another and make it a more accessible place. Uh, you know, that's the, that's the MO of this show. And I and I think that you're doing it in a really incredible way. So uh, thank you so much. Halflings, please, please go and check out um, uh, at the Hatchling DM and all of the details will be in the show notes. But please go check them out. Please support their projects because uh, I think what a, what a great thing. What a really, uh, a really amazing uh, thing to do. And uh, I know that I will be logging in at 3 p.m. tomorrow uh, <laughs> to, to give to this Kickstarter. And I, I'm, I'm excited to do so thank you so much live where can people find huh? you on the tinter webs oh you can find me over on twitter at dust dark magic woohoo jeremy yeah. where can people find you on the tinter webs at jeremy cobb one that's cobb with two b's as my nickname <laughs> suggested from earlier in the episode and the number one i'm at uh at jw underscore cartwright and uh you definitely do need to find uh the show which is at three the number three black halflings uh the patreon link is patreon.com forward slash tv halflings we also have merch which is super super cool and very sexy and uh we do a bunch of stuff we do a bunch of stuff over our patreon go check out our patreon i'm doing a big plug for the patreon today don't know why uh also leave a review anyway that's all for this week's episode so long shire folk That was like a, that was weirdly perishing. Yeah, that was like, that was... That was a HeadGum Podcast.